Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the FanDuel Thunderdome, on this Coach P Thursday, January 26, 2023. This sports show starts now. Football! Hey, we got a big one, and we got some big news in the football world to dissect today. We'll be breaking it all down. We got a new offensive coordinator in New York that we will certainly talk about. What are the implications of that going forward? Is this all to get another player to join the New York Jets, possibly? And how about... A little bit of a line movement Ooh. in the AFC Championship. Over the last 24 hours, there has been a two-and-a-half-point swing in the Bengals-Chiefs matchup this weekend in a replay of last year's AFC Championship in which the Bengals were able to go into Kansas City and get a big-time win. Now, obviously, the players of Kansas City are hearing about Arrowhead being called Burrow. Now, granted, that's on the sideline while they're celebrating a big-time win over the Buffalo Bills in the Buffalo Bills house, and they're shit-talking, and now it's being taken as if it's like media reported, and they drew it up on their Twitter accounts. Not that Eli Apple hasn't done that or won't do that again, but this has become a massive rivalry, a massive game, and with the appearance of Patrick Mahomes being able to walk off from his press conference and then stretch one-legged, bending over, hamstring stretches in the calisthenics portion of practice yesterday, seemingly not being held back at all. Patrick Mahomes, about 80 percent it looks like 70 percent who knows what he's going to be at by sunday by wednesday he's already a full participant the books realize that the chiefs are now again favored at home against the cincinnati Bengals, and this is something that i think we all assumed would be the case because it's the kansas city chiefs but then you see there we go the chiefs favored by one at home earlier today money line was uh, better odds for the Chiefs, and the Bengals were still being favored. Yeah. Now the points have matched the money line. You still have odds to win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs have plus 280, uh, or 380. Ooh. 280, I believe. Plus 280. Yeah, there it is. And the Bengals are plus 260, so they haven't changed this yet. So it's been a little bit of a slow turn in this game, and I think it all revolves around the people betting on the Kansas City Chiefs now that they see that Patrick Mahomes can move because the big question mark was, if Patrick can't be showtime, are the Chiefs going to be able to do their thing against the Cincinnati Bengals defense? And Joe Burrow and that offense have so many weapons, they seemingly haven't blinked ever. So will they be able to be stopped? And will Patrick Mahomes be able to do what Patrick Mahomes does now? I think the stat that they're putting on ESPN is that the Chiefs are 10 and 0 when Patrick Mahomes throws 90% of his passes from the pocket. Damn. So that's Who pretty knew? good. That's a pretty good stat. That's not bad. I think that would go in line with what Aaron Rodgers said on Tuesday, which is like Patrick Mahomes is very good from the pocket. So the conversation on whether or not the Chiefs could win if Patrick Mahomes couldn't extend plays and make the magic that he makes, I think he was trying to say that's not really a good convo because they're even better when he's just in the pocket. But him being able to extend plays is what makes it must watch. Mm -hmm. And it appears if he'll be able to do that. We got a great weekend in the championship Sunday coming up, and we are so damn excited to be here. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Joining me, the Toxic Table, at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. Connor, you look sweet today. Hey, I appreciate that. I figured you know we're close to the Super Bowl now got this one last year after you know Adrian Peterson decided he wanted the one I was wearing and I said you know what I'll just wear this one he did say what size is that yeah exactly yeah it's like yeah yeah you can he said those are my size yeah And then t- what was and then he, <laughs> and then he said, actually, don't put it on me. And then yeah. he got way too hot wearing it. And- yeah, 10, 15 minutes later. I'll never, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I walked into uh I forget what. It was kind of earlier in my SmackDown run when I was commentating for him. And Street Profits, you know, they go, oh, what size shoes are those? I said, not yours, man. Just kept <laughs> on walking. You. As soon as Adrian Peterson said, what size is that? Said, 
It looks like it's about your size. Yeah, you. That thing Adrian? is gone. One of the nicest jackets we've ever seen. Connor yep. was so happy as mm-hmm. soon as he bought this jacket in L.A. from a thrift store or whatever. Yep. Big smile on his face. Wore it to Radio Row the next day. He was going to be 700 degrees oh, yeah. in that thing, but he loved how much. What, Adrian was the first guest that day. Yep. Yeah. First guest of the yep. day. Adrian would be like, that's nice. What size is that? Cool jacket. Oh, it looks like it's your size. Connor takes it off. It is, isn't yeah, it? I think mm-hmm. I will. Adrian have sits it. down in that thing, and then we watch that thing get carried around from every interview he does for the rest of Radio yep. Row. You had to buy another one. It looks good. I think this one's just as nice. Yeah, I guess you know it's black and white, which kind of goes with everything. But the other one had a different design. It had you know a lot of yellow, blue. There's a oh. bunch of different. Yeah, it was right out of your clusterfuck exactly. color pattern. It was more match. so me. But this one does the trick, and I'm sure we'll get another one in Arizona. I don't know. I don't know how many thrift shops they got out there in Arizona, but I do know that when we were out in LA, we had a great time. Didn't yeah, we. Did. Did. Had those wheels things instead oh, of I'm bird sure there's scooters. Some awesome fucking Mesa type and look things in Phoenix. That's one half of the hammer. Dad! Cowboys tone digs. I'm excited to get out to the radio row. Yeah. We're going to be out there Monday through Friday. Here we go. I believe we'll be the only ones there on Monday. For sure. Only reason why we're there on Monday, though, is because I'll be at the Pro Bowl. Hell yeah. On Sunday in Vegas. Right. Vegas to Arizona is just like a 45 minute flight, not yep. even. Vegas to Indiana is three and a half, four hours. So, like, do I want to do that to do that? No. Do the whole thing. So we're just going to be out there. We're going to watch Radio uh, Row get built on Monday. I can't wait to get out there. Yeah. Juiced up. The guest lineups that we are starting to stack, Mm -hmm. pretty hilarious. Oh, yeah. I believe there's a wide. Wide? Wide, too. Why? Really? I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Not I not, yeah, yeah, I believe we're going to have some big time, some legends, some Hall of Famers are going to stop by. Wide. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get... Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to end the week the same way we ended last week, yeah. last year. Some will be out. I haven't seen that thing in a couple months. Yeah, you're right. Arizona will have the sun. Yep. Yeah. Indiana doesn't have any of that. But before then, we got to talk about these championship games with our great guest today, uh, hosting the Man to Man podcast and everything DB, which will be happening today. Uh, nine-year NFL vet, played corner, nickel, and safety. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius J. Butler. Yeah, D-Bud. D-Bud, you've been in good shape, Bub. You've been looking good. Trying to. Trying to get there. Playing a lot of hoops. Yeah, yeah. a lot of hoops. Yeah. But seeing you play a lot of basketball. A little bit. How you not feel? Not enough. What do, what do you mean? It's not enough. You know, a lot going on football season, a lot of moving mm-hmm. around. Not making any excuses, but just not at my, uh, where I'm usually at. Oh, you're not at your peak oh, basketball yeah, wise? Peak right now. Excuses that? for what, D-Bot? Oh, that's Evan Foxy in the back there. <laughs> What's he talking about? Half Evil Azita behind the glass. Also, oh. Nicky Nuzzini and Dirty back there. What do you think Darius is talking about there, Foxy? I don't know, because I've always been told he's a great basketball player, so why would he need an excuse for something? I'm very confused by that. Yeah, I, he is a great basketball He is an incredible basketball very player. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good yeah. basketball Did player. Did get got got? Well, I mean, <laughs> first of all, let's rewind a little bit. That's interesting coming from Fox. I would say I've watched I, you guys I, play one. I've, only, I've yeah. only played one guy. In, oh, actually, I played JC too. Undefeated, undefeated one on one. Let me just put that out there first. Just yeah, so. I, wait, wait, wait. I watched you cook yesterday too. I, I, I watched it. You had Why a do you that? But shooting games. Oh, me and Connor. What happened? You know, my my fellow masshole. I was a masshole for two sure. years too. Uh, you what guys got to ask it. You handed it ass to us. Who? No, it oh, me and Foxy? Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's but, our game, though. That's our game. We led the day in most points scored. At least we, we had the highest scoring game. We I did. mean, we can accept that as a victory. You got, yeah, you're right. Small yeah. wins. Hey, 56 okay. points. Small wins. I won't get touched ever. We, yeah. have a, we have a game that is carried from the old office into the new office. Actually, first time we played it was just two days ago. We completely forgot about the game yeah. until we started playing it here. And it's a 33, basically a three-point shooting game and a tips game under so you get a little bit of a sweat, a little bit of athleticism, a little bit of competitive juices, and also a little bit of uh, 
oh, got to make this shot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, got to yes. make this shot. There's yeah. a little bit of that in there. But you're not going to fucking be wide open, pull a hammy or anything. No. Perfect game. Yeah. Me and Foxy are going to be tough to beat, I think, <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the way probably. Yeah, well, we won one. I mean, yeah. let's, not, let's not get crazy. But you and Foxy definitely are the two best shooters in the office. I mean, I would hope you guys come out favorite. Well, listen, everybody has their day. This guy could be in fucking NBA. Yeah, I'm yeah. I've never claimed I'm, I'm not a shooter. I'm a scorer, all right? I'm so we're making you better right now. Oh, absolutely. We should do a dunk contest, like me and D-Butt versus you and Foxy, and then we'll see who wins. All right. Give me, like, uh, I need about a month and a half. Yeah, I I need about, you know, 15 years ago. So I don't know if I'm going (laughs) to I need to lose weight. I need to get under 225. Foxy dunk yesterday. I saw that. Well, I think down – so I don't know how our – this one's not at 10 feet. No. Not so everybody's close. been throwing at night. I don't know if it's the amount of footballs that have just been mm-hmm. hitting it or the basketballs that have been hitting it. possible. But, I mean, that is certainly a part of the problem and why I probably haven't made one in a while. Could be. Definitely. It's exactly. a half inch short. It's like yeah. Hoosiers motherfucker got the thing out there. But mm-hmm. we've been battling in here. No, yesterday, after the show ended, there's some sweat over here, mm-hmm. some real competition. And, Debo, we've appreciated you all year coming in here, just like we've appreciated this band who comes in here every single week, has flown in in beautiful fashion, hasn't he? Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Always looking good. He was even in a, he was in an airport, I think, for like eight hours one time. Oh. Still persevered, got through, because grit is not just a chip. No, no, it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, our coach, Coach Pagano. Yeah. Hey, Coach. Yeah. All right, Coach, let's start diving into some of the stuff. How are you doing? I'm good. Probably not a game for me, the, the hoop deal, probably, knowing my history. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Probably won't get invited to be I, a team, I, part of anybody's team. I don't think so. As far so. as 33 goes. Well, we try. We change the rules there for some people. Like, for instance, not everybody's used to shooting an NBA three whenever they come in here. Yeah. So you change it to, like, you get to step inside. Like, AQ, I offered up a chance to step inside the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just shoot, like, a little bit closer if you want to. He got greatly offended. Yeah. Gre- Rightfully Greatly so. offended. Mm-hmm. And then he lost four, <laughs> five straight games. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I'm just trying to help. We don't need pride here. Just need a little good competition. Chuck, if you want to go in a little closer, I'm sure you can find a teammate. We'd love to see you out hey, there. Jim put me free throw. five feet in front of the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And the basket still looked like that. What was it, a million? It was, a, was it a million for a donation? It was 30 total shots. And you had to make ten for a hundred thousand each to move on to the second one, which was like five for five hundred thousand, and then mm. three for a million within that thirty. This and was, it took me twenty-five of the thirty to get ten free throws. And I this was at Chuck Strong Gala, which yeah. was being held at his house, yeah. Jim Mercy's house. It's the first one that's ever been just at his house. But no heads up, no heads up. Oh no! I get a call. Hey, how you doing, Coach? I'm in the. I'm by the pool. <laughs> I'm by the pool, and he's, he's somewhere bathroom. in the house. Bathroom. Bathroom, taking a no, shit. No. Yeah, yeah he's taking a shit. Yeah, going, no, 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 no. Yeah, just like no, what he did with no, McDaniels. No. Hey, bring, 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 bring. He lifting weights. You remember. And he goes, he, so how you doing? It's good to have you. Are you in good health? Anything hurting you? So, like, right <laughs> then, this was before the gala started, right? So I'm thinking, okay, something's up. And then Pete came up to me. Are you, are you doing good? Everything, you know, working? And I'm thinking, is he going to put me in the pool? Am I going to do laps? Am I going to do... And then next thing you know, I'm on the free throw line with tons of people standing around. I had no chance. <laughs> hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, and a million. Yeah. And then he was filming it too. I think the entire mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. I think I, if I do, I don't know how I got the video. It was not the public video. I don't think. I think I got a private video where there was Joe, some, right? Yeah. I think there was some commentating going on. Joe Wright was there, so he's the hoopster. So he's trying to coach me up. Hey, you got to use your lower body. Here it like, is. I was like this. Nailed it. 
That's pretty good. Le- leading scorer in Western Michigan history right there, Joe Rice. Is he really? Dog. Basketball? <laughs> Dog. Underneath, just, he's white Indiana man. He knows how to shoot a basketball. By the Naturally. grace of God, one of the million dollars went in there, and you should have seen how pissed the IU people were at me. Because it could have, uh, it could have been. Oh, that thirty million. Uh, it could have been like thirty million. million dollars. We could have took them for ten million. Uh, I but think we. I think it was a good night. I think there's been enough Jim's money. Yeah, generous. right. Yeah, he is incredibly generous. Yeah. And let's talk about Jim Mercy. You just gave an incredible impression of him there. Are you healthy? <laughs> what do you think he's saying right now? They've interviewed five hundred people for the head coaching job. Now there's reports, mixed reports coming out. Jim wants Jeff Saturday. Uh, other people in the decision don't want Jeff Saturday. They want somebody else. So now automatically, publicly, there's already friction. <laughs> so are we going nice. to get this right? you think there's any chance that this gets fixed, gets right? And do you think Chris Ballard is going to be on board with whoever? Because Jim's not a part of these interviews, right? Jim's just part of, uh, like, the next ones or whatever. They're having second interviews with seven guys. We don't know who they are. I We, we can... We think we know who they are, but they haven't fully been publicly placed. Some of them have been celebrated as a second interview. Some of them we've heard have kind of slipped under the radar, potentially not being reported. Who knows how many people it is. How is that process going, you think? And do you love or hate the fact, I'll let you know my answer, I hate it, that there is reports now coming out that there's dissension amongst yeah. Jim Irsay Uh-oh. and the front office. It's like, we don't need this before the fucking coach is hired. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, let alone, we, this can come after the coach is hired and some shit has happened. Before it's even happened, we can't have this happen. Do you think that's fake rumors? Do you think that's real? And how do you think the process is going? Because obviously you've been through this process with this exact team before. Well, they're just going into the second round. So they haven't had a lot of in-person. I think most of these were virtual, and there was, what, 14 or 15 guys? Mm-hmm. So this, this is kind of a crazy cycle this year. Like, everybody's slow. Nobody's been hired yet. Nobody, there's been Sean some, Payton's out, they said. So Sean That's probably pri- maybe priced himself out, you know, or, or whatever. From a demand standpoint, you, th- you think about, like, Denver. the Saints, what the th- – Saints wanted two first-round picks, a second round. They wanted mm-hmm. cash, and then you're going to have to pay them $25 million. There's a lot of people that would say, okay, we either Maybe next don't year. have the ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's Why revisit Let's revisit this, and let's get D'Amico back in here, and let's get you know Dan Quinn back in here. So um, Jim hasn't been a part of, of the initial ones. He'll get involved probably with the second-round group, whether it's five, seven, you know, who knows, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are frustrated with how long this is taking. Everybody wants to know who's going to be the guy. Uh, is it going to be Jeff? We all know Jim's affinity for Jeff and his love for Jeff and all that stuff. I think the longer it goes, his odds just keep going, keep going up. Yep. Jeff's do. But they've got a lot of good candidates. Supposedly Dan Quinn's supposed to be coming in again. For, you know, for a Saturday interview here, a second well, interview. Well, he got Atlanta to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, not good at all, right? No. Yeah, well, any 28-3 to 3 loss will, you know, put that entire franchise into turmoil. Was, okay, they're in a Super Bowl. Well, remember, well, he was remember this, Bulls, right? though. Remember yep. this. Yeah. Who was the offensive coordinator on that team? Kyle Shanahan. Pretty good. And he's done pretty good. So I think second time around, you know, guy gets an opportunity. You learn a lot from the first one. A lot of mistakes made, a lot of good, a lot of bad, whatever. So I, I, think, Dan, I think Dan Quinn is a is, – <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Jeff Saturday there? First time around, a lot of mistakes. Uh, yeah. Came up thirty. We're up sure thirty-three right. nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I was talking to, about Dan. Yeah, more, yeah. Oh, more, you know, on his first. Yeah, he's still in his first yeah. interview. He, really? did, yeah, he had yeah. the longest interview of, the, of all. It was like whatever the last seven, eight, eight weeks, weeks of the season. Seven, one and seven, right? Yeah, it was that's, not. Yeah, beat the yeah. Raiders though. That's right. It's kind of like one and eight though, because that thirty-three to nothing. 
you know, comeback was almost like two losses. I don't think so. Yeah, because they won the game <laughs> during the game. No. And then they lost that game and they lost the That's game. That's like overall. a half of a loss, I think, more so than a double loss. Like one in seven. 33 and a zip half. over the fucking Vikings. Vikings That's are a great team. For sure. Well, Up over the Cowboys. Cowboys, great team. Yeah. He fucking obviously beat the Raiders. Great team. Good football yeah. team. Great football team. Yeah. yeah. That was before they uh, stopped letting their quarterback in the building. That's right. Yeah. Seems to be a lot of fucking just bullshit going on. I don't like it. I just want to let you know, as a Colts fan, I don't like it. But if you look at, like, who's representing who, like, all offensive coaches are the successful coaches right now. They're the ones that are left, pretty much. Defensive coaches have had success, obviously, in the past. Dan Quinn had success. Numerous people. Tomlin's obviously had massive amounts of success. Vrabel has had success. But right now, it seems to be the offensive-minded coaches are the ones having the success. I think it's because once you have success, you lose Shanahan. Shanahan's gone. Like, in the modern NFL, Mm -hmm. if you have a good offense coordinator and he's not the head coach, he's going to go get another job somewhere. Look at McVay's tree. Pretty good. And he's only been coaching, what, five, six years? 17 was his first season? And it stinks that the Rams stink because it kind of goes against this, but if you keep the offensive guru at the head coach, you don't have to worry about the offensive coordinator leaving. Yep. Like Andy Reid, if Eric Bieniemy would have been hired over the last, what, five years, Mm -hmm. Andy Reid still, the the offense isn't just falling off the fucking, off the face of the earth. So Bieniemy, you you talk about, who knows Bieniemy better than Chris Ballard? Yeah, because he was with the Chiefs before. Yes. Mm So, hold on. Chris Ballard is doing the Colts head coaching search right now. Yes. So, this means that Jim Mercy thinks Chris Ballard is going to be around for a long time, right? Because he's putting the trust of the well, entire he's franchise. Fun. He's in that conversation, right? Eric is, along with everybody else. So, you know, and Eric's, you know, Benemy's had a bunch of chances, right, over the last three or four cycles. He's bunch been in of interviews. Con- bunch of interviews and, and opportunities, and it just hasn't worked out to this point. So, I wouldn't count him out as a potential guy there just because of what Ballard knows in that relationship, maybe, and getting a guy that he knows and trusts. Got you. Coach, Jim's calling you right now. Yeah, I, I believe you're getting a phone call right mm-hmm. now. I literally hear on your, uh, on your thing. It might be Jim Mercy calling to let you yeah. know who it is. It might have some boss. breaking news. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? The you know, boss. boss. What's up, Tina? What, uh, <laughs> no, no, Jim. No, oh, Jim. Could you imagine you answer? <laughs> brother, yeah, that'd be awesome. Brother. Shut up on that show, brother. <laughs> Will you tell him nobody's having any dysfunction, bro? It's a fascinating thing because Sean Payton allegedly out now. He was the bell of the ball just, what, four <laughs> days ago? Yeah. No now they're reporting that there's no seat left at the table for him. A head coaching job is a massive yeah. role. Nathaniel Hackett gets the offense coordinator gig for the New York Jets. This is obviously huge. Mm-hmm. The reason why the Jets fans think this is even bigger is because their first reaction is, oh, Rodgers loves Hackett. Mm-hmm. Bring in Hackett. Is that an indicator that we are going to go get Aaron Rodgers as well? Aaron Rodgers still has to decide whether or not he wants to play football again. The Packers would have yeah. to decide that they're moving on. A lot of decisions have to take place first, but it seems like all parties are okay with a potential trade and move on situation. Does Nathaniel Hackett, being the offense coordinator for the Jets, put Aaron Rodgers in New York for – sorry – New Jersey right, to right. play for the New York Jets, Darius J. Butler. Uh, I I still say no. I'm still standing on that he'll be he'll be a Green Bay Packer. I think Aaron Rodgers retires as a Green Bay Packer. Ultimately, that, that's so. the way I see it going. Um, it is a good move for the Jets, uh, regardless is it? of who's going to come in there. No, he's, he's had success as a coordinator, as a play caller, Jacksonville play caller. You guys are talking about right? Jacksonville. He led a top five offense. Uh, to the AFC Championship mm-hmm. as the Jacksonville Jaguars offense coordinator. Before that entire thing blew up, and that was with? Yeah. That was Doug Marone. And? Doug Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Nailed it. Yeah. So whenever he was calling plays for the Broncos, terrible. Yeah. 
Had to put his offense into the entire team. Terrible. Also had to take everything else that a head coach has to handle on the day-to-day, which is not just calling plays. There's a lot of other shit that takes place. Not good. Didn't call plays in Green Bay, right? No. So we just assume he's going to be able to pick right back up? Some guy is just better in that in that wheelhouse. And the, the is that his wheelhouse, though? Because he, when he was with the – he drew up the red zone plays, I guess, right? Because that was the gold zone yep. for the Packers. And, like, led the meetings and stuff like that, obviously. But, yeah, I think – You're right, though, but to, yeah, but to your point, like, I, I don't – now, Rodgers has said, like, you know, he's made his affinity for Nathaniel Hackett well-known. Like, I don't doubt that, like, he loves him. Mm-hmm. He likes being around him. He's a good buddy, but – I don't know if he's willing to stake the rest of his career on, hey, this guy, you know, calling plays is like going to unlock, you know, <laughs> winning a Super Bowl for me. Like, I think he, he's tight with him, sure, but like Rodgers isn't an idiot. He saw what he did last year in, or in Denver. It's like, is, is them getting him all of a sudden like, oh, okay, like he gets it now. Like, he, he learned from everything last year, and I'm going to go win a Super Bowl with this Congrats guy. Congrats on Hackett, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he looked miserable in that game. Yeah. Can't believe it. That was not fun. I mean, that first press conference, he was like, you got like Russ Wilson, you get excited. Like, he was mm-hmm. living a dream, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From a football family, a pipeline, obviously, yep. his dad, a uh, massive influence on the West Coast yep. offense mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. scheme, I believe. Yeah. So he's been in football a long time. With the Jags, he was able to get to the AFC Championship with Bortles. Now, a lot of questions being Asked about how they handled that entire game. Sure. You know, that was a massive game. Was it him? Was it Marone? Was it somebody else? Who knows? And at the Green Bay Packers, it was the gold zone he was known for. Yep. For me, though, I'm such a, a stooge. I'm a doofus. All I think about is they were fucking awful last year. Bad. They were so bad. Like, so it's hard for me not that, to get over yeah, that. A lot, on of, offense. a lot of that was on the quarterback. Uh, okay, see, of, you know, so exactly. that's, a big, that's a big thing. Yeah, then. but when you, when you pay that much money to the quarterback, like, you're not, you can't move on from Russ. So he, he kind of took that. Um, took that. And, and, and the, the shit with head coach, man, we talk about it a lot. And obviously, you know, it's what we get paid to do to talk about football and have takes and shit. But this head coach and shit, and like all of it, a lot of luck plays into it too. Like as no, far as, as far as obviously you no. who, who's the the staff wise, no your fucking quarterback. You look at uh, Belichick. Well, Belichick, no. was fucking Cleveland. Like nobody was looking at him like he was this 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 great. And then you get Brady, and you get these other people. So uh, you got to have the right players. You got to have the right staff who you can empower. There's a lot of things that that play into it. Uh, hiring the, the guy, you know, all of these coaches are talented. All these t- coaches have skill set. But it's about the guys that or guys or gals that yeah. they hire around them, and obviously the players that you can get. Sometimes you want a quarterback, and you like the Chargers. They probably wanted Tua. Ended up with Herbert. Like. I'm sure they feel fucking great about that. Like that's luck, partly. So a lot of that plays into it. But this whole coaching cycle, man, just get your guy and get lucky. Okay. So speaking of luck, I mean, Bill Belichick, let's assume, got lucky for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he had Tom Brady as a quarterback. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Have to have great talent, but also luck playing in player coaching. Yeah, Whatever luck. your profession, I'd say. The plays. Whatever your profession, you're going to have to catch a little luck if you want to get to the top. If you want to have success, there has to be perfect timing. has to be options for this, something for that. Something has to happen. Gotta, now they're saying, uh, this is a quote from within the Patriots office. Uh, That's right. I, I love Belichick, but he fucked us. <laughs> he fucked us. This is from Andrew Callahan's Twitter account. Andrew Callahan what? is a Patriots beat writer for the Boston Herald. Hell yeah. Host of the number one Pat's Interference podcast, Pat's Interpod. His quote, rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion. Nice. Amen. Nice he is also a dumb and dumber uh, whenever they're at that owl 
uh, with the with found the suits on, the suits on, yeah, and has he, his header. Nice. So I would respect and appreciate what Andrew Callahan has to say. I feel like he's probably worked uh, pretty hard to get to these sources. So we respect Mr. Andrew Callahan. I love Belichick, but he fucked us. So. Seems like, you know, maybe the luck just went out of the building yeah. the past couple of years. Maybe bringing back Billy O will help. But they're talking about basically the entire behind-the-scenes was just a clusterfuck. Mac falling out of favor with some mm-hmm. of the coaching staff. Coach is falling out of favor with some of the players. Almost like a fully dysfunction operation. Oh. Have you guys lost all your luck up there? And is the luck the name of Tom Brady? Is uh, that what happened? No. I don't know if we lost all our luck. I definitely think there was some lost ways up there. Uh, a lot of the stuff in the article talks about kind of we lost our know, way. Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Luck. Not loving Joe Judge. Joe Judge kind of yeah. acting in a specific way where he doesn't really know what he's talking about, and maybe at times that rubbed people the wrong way is what the article said. And they also talked about how when they'd be going over plays, they would say, okay, sure, what if this happens? And instead of having the answer for what if something goes wrong or the defense knows what's coming, they said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay, so this is, we've talked to Clyde Christensen, who just retired after an incredible career. Congrats, Clyde. Quarterback coach, long time. Oh, yeah. uh, Peyton, Andrew, Tom Brady, what? three of the quarterbacks that he's quarterback resume. coach yeah. for. He's had some others as well. I mean, he's been in football a long time. But he used to talk about how Peyton would be texting at midnight, yeah. calling at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have this idea. I'm watching film. Whenever this happens, what's this happen? So Clyde Christensen said his life was basically, whenever he was coaching, quarterback coach for Peyton Manning, was figuring out all the potential answers. So whenever he would go into a meeting, it's like, hey, the guy that's in there, Peyton, has watched just as much film as you. I don't know if every coaching staff has this, but this guy is going to want answers. He's going to want to be coached. And when he asks a question, he doesn't have time for the coach, the person who's supposed to be giving the answers, to not have the answers. So Clyde Christensen, this man right here, we're talking right, 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 right here, right, calves, right, oh. Oh, you used to be quarterback, North Carolina, back in the day. Whoa. Oh, could sing it. It's got a three-quarter. Kid oh. from Southern California went to North Carolina. He says, why do you think I travel a thousand miles away from home or something? You know, he's a super good guy. But he fucking has this little three-quarter release, 60-year-old spinning it just like beautifully. Mm-hmm. But he literally said his life during football season was trying to figure out the answers to questions that are definitely going to come from Peyton whenever they get into the meeting. So you could see how Mac Jones would expect the fucking coach. Hey, coach is the title here. If I have a question for something, that means Mac has probably watched the film. Mm-hmm. Mac has probably thought, oh, this might happen, this might happen. So although we've given him, and by we, I'm not just necessarily meaning this show, but the football society, a lot of shit for his antics this year. Yeah. Acting like a little baby back bitch sometimes. For sure. I think a lot of people are saying, Mac, what are you doing? You're acting mm-hmm. like a child. Body right language. I assume there's a lot of frustration built up if he's trying to get answers to stuff and he got a special teams coordinator. They never played quarterback as his quarterback coach not giving him any answers. Bingo. I could see how that could be a problem and easily fixable, hopefully. Yeah, right. absolutely. And like the Belichick fucked us. That's not, you know, wrong. Belichick said before That's the year, like, hey, I'm the head coach. Everything kind of falls on my plate. And especially when it comes to assigning who's calling plays and who's with the QB, that was on Bill. But from this article, more than anything, it was like, okay, Mac Jones, definitely not out on him. The body language stuff you're talking about where he would, you know, wave off the sideline or do any of that shit that kind of just looked bad. That's not happening with Billy Teapots, okay? Well, and also because the thing that Mac might have been asking about is what is just it? happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah. oh, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Well, it came last it play. Yeah. We fucking, now we're 
Now we're punting again. Bingo. I could see somebody being very pissed about it. Now, granted, you, high football IQ, a lot of film, people asking questions in team meetings named Chuck Pagano on defense side of the ball. Hey, I'm not going to say the actual person's name that would get asked a question. When we're in, when they're in trips and it's third down, what are the concepts or schemes are coming? No answer from somebody, obviously. Go to somebody else. They want to run the – Chuck would have to be like, kind of right. D-Butch, what are they doing? And then, obviously, D-Butch would come in. Uh, you got two underneath, one dude doing the whole thing, right? So I felt like you were a person that wanted to be prepared yeah. more than everybody else. That was a massive part of your, uh, I think, tool belt. Mm-hmm. I think that was something. Coaches have to have answers for you or at yeah. least want to be able to work alongside you. And if that's true, let's assume somewhere in the middle. Yeah, some of it has to be true. Let's assume somewhere in the middle, not all of it. You could see how somebody get frustrated at the highest level too of this whole thing. Yeah, especially especially playing, you know, the quarterback position. And you know, you know, going into once again, the coaches gotta coach with and lead with intellect on that level. And even if you're coming in as a rookie, sure he had a big time operation in Alabama. He knows the game, came in, was a smart guy. Yes. With all that being said, you know, that's Monday through Saturday, you gotta figure it out. When you are that quarterback, especially like your body yeah, language, it, it resonates throughout the whole team. The, everybody's City. watching everything. Yeah, everybody's exactly. watching everything you do. So, uh, and you get you get fired up. You know, shit happens. We see it with Brady, Peyton, all these greats. You know, on the sideline, shit happens. But you know, waving off a coach, especially when you're what is he second, second year, year, second yeah. year second quarterback, year. you ain't really you know. You're supposed to make your shit. biggest jump going into your second year as well. So yeah. this is, you know, I don't know if that's Trevor, real or Trevor not. Trevor Lawrence had answers. Hell of a, mm-hmm. hell of a jump from first year to second year, which I think leads to the point exactly here. He got Doug Peterson in his corner probably helping mm-hmm. him out a bit, yeah. maybe leading him through Coaching some stuff. Matters. What's that? Coaching matters. I think oh, so, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, and especially the drop-off. Like, can you imagine for, I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence. He goes from Urban Meyer way down here mm-hmm. up to Doug Peterson. Mac Jones goes from Josh Daniels all the way up here to a guy who's never called plays and is a defensive <laughs> coordinator. Like, the the drop-off is just insane with the coaching in its own, but I feel like this article, although it definitely looks bad, it gives me and I think Patriots fans much more hope and reassurance like, hey, Bill O'Brien is going to change Mac Jones and how the offense looks. Well, nobody wants to hear that around the NFL or the New England Patriots fans. Bingo. I got to start giving them looser pants. I just cut my thumb on going into my pocket. It's that time of the year, though. Hey. Football season's almost here. I feel like we've done very well yeah, you're right. to be where we are right now. Joining us now is a man who's done very well this season. Hell yeah. Yes. Like, incredible, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just um, like, oh, pretty good for young guy. Uh-uh. Oh, new to the job. He is outperforming what we could think. Drop him in there with the fucking Hall of Famers, and it's like, hey, this guy is the top guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the best. Ladies and gentlemen, not only Hall of Fame tight Grace. end, it will run every played in the NFL, an absolute dog out of Miami. Fox's number one color commentator for good reason. He'll be calling the Super Bowl this year. Can't wait for the world to get to hear this man's brain spill through his mouth into a microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Olson. Yeah! What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, you have not sucked at all. Pat. Nope. You hear me? Thank you. You have been amazing, you. dude. You've been really, really good. How come? Do you think you knew that you were going to be? I remember when you were playing, you were getting those practice reps. They were flying you out. You were doing a couple games. I think if you're anything like what Hasselbeck was doing, maybe some mock booths were even happening during some yep. bye weeks that we didn't see. So I think you got some practice. But there's people that take years and years and years and years and years, and then hopefully they get good at some point. You're being dropped into the big show, and you're crushing it. Did you like from the very beginning? Was this always something you just were able to do well? Because we're incredibly proud of you, pal. Yeah, incredibly proud of you, man. Yep. 
Well, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's good to be on with you guys. I, I have to say, I, I, I can't say I listen every day, but I listen pretty much every day. So obviously, big fan of you guys. You guys are awesome. Very appreciate nice. the kind words. Don't um, you know, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. You, you mentioned I had some opportunities back, uh, back when I was playing. 2017, Fox gave me a really cool opportunity as a current player to go into a three-man booth at the time. It was Kevin Burkhart, obviously, who's my partner now, and Charles Davis, his partner at the time. And uh, that was my first live action. I had a couple, as you mentioned, audition games um, prior to that and just kind of behind closed doors in a studio somewhere. But, um, yeah, I just I kind of fell in love with the action of being at the game, right? I mean, I was opp- you had the opportunity to do some studio stuff and some other stuff, but just being in the stadium, and you've done it, you know that 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 energy of calling a live game where you just have to kind of be on your toes and react to what you see, it reminded me a lot of what it was like preparing and anticipation going in as a player, and uh, I kind of fell in love with that energy of being in the stadium, and I figured if I can't play anymore, maybe I can talk about the guys who still can. Yeah, you, well, you're doing great at it. You get to go to the practices, too. You get to be a part of some meetings. You have to prepare. National anthem still happening. You're mm-hmm. in there. You know, it, it is very – it's the most game-feeling media position there is. So I'm very pumped that we have found a guy who thrives in it. And I think you just told uh, – we were, read, were listening to a clip this morning. Uh, who was you talking – SI, wasn't it? Uh, fuck. This is 100% on us. It was a good conversation. You said that they're going to have to bench you or something like that. Like, you looked at this as an opportunity. Like, okay, obviously $375 million to Tom Brady has been talked about. And you just said, yeah, okay, cool. All right, he's still going to call it. And in the world of media, there's trades that happen. There's only so many seats. But once you prove that you can be in that seat, those jobs seemingly find a way to figure it all out. You've done incredible blocking out all that shit at all. Did it ever get to you? Did you ever think to yourself, like, I'm kind of a lame duck coming in here. If it takes me any time to get into a flow, Tom's just going to come fucking take it anyways. Like, was that ever a thought or you just said, maybe I don't want to do this long term anyways? Like, what was it going in? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think the biggest thing I've tried to do is just lean into it. I think if I sat there and kind of felt sorry for myself and made excuses and seemed like a little... I don't want to say like a little bitch, you know, like, yeah, I just, yeah, like, yeah. complaining, uh-huh. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you would, I, I didn't yeah. want to be that. Like, I know what I signed up for, right? I know I'm a big boy. We all know what we signed up for. We know when you put yourself out there in public, you're going to get pushed back and you're going to get, you know, people who don't like what you, what you say and what you do and how you act. And I was, I was willing to accept that challenge for the opportunity to do what I'm currently doing, which is to call the biggest game of every weekend all year long. I mean, to have 45 million people watch our game last week. Who knows how many coming up here for the championship game. And I, I haven't really tried to make this about, is this a one-year deal? Am I going to get to do this again? I have an opportunity to do what not a lot of people have done, which is to call the number one team at Fox, which culminates at the end of the year in a Super Bowl. And whether that's my only Super Bowl or I can do this for years to come, I don't know. I don't control that. Um, those are forces outside of of my control, but just like as a player, right? Again, there's so many parallels that I try to pull on from my playing days. I've been tried to be replaced before. I've had draft picks, guys get drafted at my position, free agents signed to my position. If you shy away from from competition, if you shy away from those challenges, you're not going to really be good at anything. And and I've tried to take that same approach and um, try to make the best of it. I have an awesome crew. The guys like the guys and girls I get to work with are the best in the world at what they do, and and that's made it 
a hell of a lot easier for me to step uh, into that booth knowing that everyone around me has been doing this for a long time. Well, you fit in just fine with the crew that is very good, and Burkhardt is great at what he does as well. I think we're very thankful we get a chance to hear him on the big stage this year as well. Is this something you're going to do forever, you think? Is this, a, is this a forever job? You love it? Well, I think if I, if I can stay in the seat I'm in now, I think that's something that you, you consider doing forever. So I'll say that. I, again, I don't know what the future holds, but I'll tell you, I, doing what, if I could sign up right now for the next 20 years to call this slate of games on these platforms with this crew and call Super Bowls and playoff games and the biggest games of the week, I would sign up for that right here, right now. With the right money. With the right money. With the right money, obviously. You would only yeah, with the yeah, right... I mean, if, if they, like, not pack McAfee money, but like just under that would be great. Would be great. I'd sign up for that right now. Well, listen, <laughs> I understand that, but we need to. This is when Herbert was coming out of college. He came on yeah, the show. Bingo. And he was like, it's only a matter of time before I signed with Nike. And I was like, unless Adidas. Unless Adidas. You know, unless Adidas. He goes, no, I'm going to sign with Nike. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Because they're going to run this back in the negotiation. <laughs> Greg said he would take a 45 year deal. Yep. Let's just let's have fun. Let's mm-hmm. just do this whole thing. But we hope you are in for another 20 years you do the game an incredible service every single week you're crushing it pal connor has a question for you greg yeah greg also good to know as these years go on the money's only getting bigger you know so very much uh, so it's not as if they go get it keep going by because we need you to do that too yeah exactly and they got it and they got they got it yeah they got it but you know they have 370 it's only going gonna get more (laughs) uh but right now greg there's actually a kind of a massive debate on the internet with uh Josh Allen and a guy who used to play with Cam Newton. Do you think people forget how great Cam is? Do you think that's and kind you. of bashing? Yeah, uh, Josh Allen. And do you think people kind of just forget about those Panthers years? Because there has been some shade thrown your way and Ted Ginn's way, and it seems to be a little unwarranted and unfair. You saw it. You had to have. You know what? I'm glad you brought this up. This See, this is why I want to come on this show, because I don't get an opportunity really to defend myself much. Somehow I did see that video. I, I think I know what you're referring to. There was a tweet that somebody put up and it was saying like Cam Newton went 15 and one. And, you know, the only players worth a shit he had were Ted Ginn and Greg Olson. I yes. was like, wait a minute. How the hell did I get pulled into this? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> check the numbers, right? Like check the numbers. There's Hey, listen, Pat, sometimes you got to be your own best self-advocate yeah, now. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to look up how many guys out there have more catches than me. How many? How, how many? How many guys have more yards than me? How many? Yeah, talk your shit, Ace. There's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so like, listen, I, I think Cam, the argument for Cam can't be that everyone else around him sucked. But I think the argument for Cam cannot be lost in the fact that what he was able to accomplish, the, the trend that he brought into the NFL in his rookie year that we see now, multi, this offense that Philadelphia is running is very similar to what we were running 15 years ago when Cam first came into the league. The quarterback design runs, the, the red zone runs, the short yard line stuff. Tight end. Yeah, thank you. So, like, listen, what Cam did in this league – the teams that he took, you know, he took us to the Super Bowl, MVP, four out of five years in the playoffs. Like, I think people don't give Cam enough credit because in this world where everyone wants you to throw for 4,500, 5,000 yards and throw for 45 touchdowns, like, that wasn't us. But when you added up his rushing impact, his rushing touchdowns, his impact in short yardage goal line, and his ability to play from the pocket and be a true passer along with all those other things, 
I think people forget just how good Cam was, and uh, I think he deserves as much credit and praise as as anybody. What was it? Was it that car accident, that truck that flipped over? Was it after that? When did it? Didn't he get some injury happen? Oh, yeah, he shoulder. died in that show. Uh, T.J. Watt got a shoulder, I believe. Yeah, yeah he got. Yeah, that's exactly. I don't know who said that, but that's exactly that's exactly around the time. And again, it's never just like one thing, and then you fall off a cliff. He got that injury that year, and. Uh, that shoulder, he got hit by T.J. Watt kind of under the arm. It was injured the prior year. He actually had a ball that got tipped, and he was chasing the guy who picked it. He made a, he dove, and he kind of hit. So I think like anyone who played the game the way Cam did, he played aggressive. He played fearless. He was a ferocious runner. I mean, people used to say, oh, Cam takes a lot of shots. The only shots he took were in the pocket because when he was a runner, he gave there it. was not a lot of guys who wanted to take that big guy on if he was running at you. I mean, he was just a big physical dude, competitive as hell. And, um, you know, like the rest of us, at some point, your body just doesn't have what it used to have. And uh, that's just sometimes the way it goes. You know what it is, though. I mean, it's recency bias, obviously. And he was a part of the social media generation, but the very beginning of it, not the mm-hmm. end of it. And all anybody ever saw was him at the Patriots yeah. and some of the after stuff. Yep. They, they're not... They're not going back and watching not only the games, but just watch the highlights from back whenever Cam was Cam. Because I remember the first time Vinatieri and I saw him, the Colts were playing the Panthers, and I think it was his rookie year. And as soon as he came on the field, he just, like, ran by me and Vinny. And we're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Look at how big this thing is. Is this real? And then it's like he starts doing his shit, and then we play a couple years later down in Carolina. It was on Monday night, and that whole place, he was the fucking maestro of the whole city pretty much. The fucking Superman song would come on. He would do his thing, and then literally next play, he's diving over for a touchdown. 45-second celebrations, and then the whole city's doing it, and then he's running to the entire other side of the stadium, giving the ball out to somebody. Graham Gano's kicking the extra point. Cam is still celebrating on the field, and he, like, took over an entire fucking city. It was... He was must-see television, too. People, like, forget about that, I think, in this modern era. And you did take some shots. I don't know what that's all about, Greg. It's bullshit. I did. And I'll tell you what. You just described – I mean, your description of that was incredible. Your mind is like a trap because what you just described after a, a Cam touchdown happened for 10 years straight every single time. <laughs> yeah, that, was pretty, that, was pretty, that was a pretty remarkable uh, recollection there, Pat. I, I'm pretty impressed because – I, I mean, I lived it. I saw it, but – for you to see that, that was that was pretty good right there. Rainstorm, that's exactly what happened. Rainstorm that night too. Monday Ted Ginn was a returner. Yeah, I think it, that game went to overtime, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, I. Oh, I was that fifteen? Was that was yeah, that our Super Bowl you, year? You said an illegal pick route to who um, <laughs> yeah. was off the ball. He used to play for the Jets. Ran to the right, got out of bounds. They threw a flag, and then I got the official to pick it up. Well, that's because yeah, you said, I'm going to be commentating a couple years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I want me on your side or not. Were you just holding that over all the refs' heads? Is that what you were doing, pal? Oh, hey, sometimes you got you to be, hey, what did we say before? You got to be your own best self-advocate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Darius has a question for you. It seems like he might have been one of the guys that were felt the effects of your cheatingness on that yeah, Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, but obviously Greg's a dog. But, uh, you've been killing it, man. Proud of you, man. But um, from uh, we've been talking about head coaching, his head coaching cycle a lot, and you've had, obviously, an interesting perspective been a long-time player and now in the booth in these production meeting with these coaches. If you're an owner, uh, first of all, what, what would you be looking for in a head coach? Or do you lean one way? Obviously, if you're an offensive guy, do you lean one way offensively or defensively? And have there been any guys who have kind of blown you away in a production meeting kind of as soon as you meet them? 
Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think, you know, one of the coolest things that I've enjoyed these last couple of years is just being exposed to so many different coaches from both sides of the ball, head coaches, coordinators, position coaches, you know, guys that over the course of my playing career, I, I only played for three head coaches. You know, I played for Lovey in my time in Chicago. I played with Ron Rivera here. And then my one year with Pete, I've always played for defensive coaches. So like I, just to be able to sit in a meeting with the LaFleurs of the world and Shanahan and mm-hmm. Ben Johnson and some of these offensive guys and see how being an offensive minded coach impacts how they operate the team and roster building and how much emphasis so much so many of these guys place on the defensive side of the ball. It's been really eye opening and just a really cool experience. I think in regards to what we're seeing right now in these hiring cycles is there's so many really good defensive coordinators who are quality head coaches, right? I mean, yep. just in this year's hiring cycle, Steve Wilkes here in Carolina, who was the interim, still, you know, still deciding whether or not he gets the, the permanent job or not. And then, of course, D'Amico Ryans and Dan Quinn. You can go up and down yep. the list. Right now, the number one question around, it's not a matter of are these defensive coaches quality coaches. They check every box. They're fantastic. They're great leaders. All of those things are true. The question is, can they get their offense right? Can they develop a young quarterback? Can they bring in the offensive mind to run it? And then the second layer of that is if your first hire goes great, you're going to lose that guy. He's going to go be a head coach, and you got to do it again. Hey, that's a real problem, Greg, for these defensive coaches. If if the head coach has to be the offensive guy, I think, because the owner – Right now, owners are the biggest monkey see, monkey do people of all time. They what works? Oh, let's do it. And they probably did that with their business. What has worked in the past? This has worked. Let's do that. So not only that aspect, because if you look at who's remaining, mostly offensive minded. And if you look for the last couple of weeks, mostly offensive minded. But also the owners like think ahead. Right. Don't they like, OK, what's the if we have success, what happens? Well, our, our quarterback goes for this. Right. We sell our tickets. We win. We do this. And then what happens immediately after? Oh, that offense coordinator is getting hired. And if that offense coordinator takes your quarterback coach or running back coach or tight end coach, you have to literally bring in a whole new staff like every two years. That's up against, I think, these defensive coaches. Heavy. I think heavy, heavy, Greg. I think it's the biggest obstacle that they're all facing. And I think so often the conversation is, you know, who's a better head coach, D'Amico Ryans or – you know, Frank Reich or, you know, the point is not necessarily those two guys, but just offensive and defensive minded. And oftentimes they would both be great leaders of your organization. They would be great, you know, schematically on their particular side of the ball. The, The obstacle the defensive coaches face right, wrong or indifferent is to make the playoffs. We see year in and year out offense makes the playoffs. Defense wins the playoffs. That's kind of the balance of how the season works. If you want to be a consistent playoff threat, you got to have either an elite, elite top five quarterback or you need to have an elite offensive mind play caller where you can score high 20s, low 30s, and you'll find yourself in the playoffs. That's the formula everyone's searching for. And the idea is if you have that as an offensive coordinator, they get poached, right? Those guys are on the top of every hiring cycle, the Shane Steikens, the Ben Johnsons. You can go up and down the list every single year. And the teams that have great secession plans, right? You look up in Buffalo yep. with what they were able to do. They lose Brian Dable, but they have Dorsey waiting in the wings. Now behind Dorsey, they have Joe Brady if, if Dorsey ever moves on. McDo- uh, Sean McDermott's done a great job, but that's the game that all these guys are playing. And I think, to your point, owners see, you know, let's hire everybody from the McVay tree. Let's hire everyone from the Shanahan tree. And let's just follow what these teams I see every year in the playoffs are doing. And it hurts a lot of really good quality defensive-minded coaches. Yeah, I think what you've mentioned there about McDermott, 
having just layers to this and grooming almost. I don't want to say grooming, but kind of like, hey, let's yeah. keep these around. Dorsey is obviously going to thank Dayball. And I assume if Joe Brady gets another opportunity to do this thing, didn't work out in Carolina, did in LSU with a guy who worked in the NFL immediately upon the whole thing with an NFL offense. It's like almost coaches have to staff like how teams have to be rostered. You have to be deep at weapons because injuries are going to come. So now, like, as you're putting a staff together, you got to be deep at certain positions because it's like, if we have success, this person's gone, and we don't want to restart from zero. That's a fascinating thing that's kind of happening right in front of us, and I wonder if that's why this coaching cycle that's happening this year is kind of taking a different turn. Sean Payton, nowhere, though. Huh? What do you guys – Fox, you guys just give him a bunch of money? You backed up the Brinks truck? Or what, <laughs> what happened there? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think – That's weird. He has to be at the top of everybody. That's a weird – Chuck Pagano said – Saints want two first, some money, plus maybe something else. And then on top of that, you got to pay Sean. So he's thinking that maybe some people are like, I will revisit this next year if this isn't a thing. But the NFL owners, I mean, they, you know what I mean? If it can bring a win, won't they do anything, I think? Yeah, I think, I think what's interesting about Sean is these owners and these teams are saying, all right, what is it going to take to get? And I think, Coach, I think Coach Pagano is dead on. I think the compensation that you're going to have to get to give up to get Sean Payton is pretty significant, and, and rightfully so. So I think it's going to be the right balance, the right team that says, you know what, we're a coach away. We're a leader away. I don't need to use that top first-round draft pick maybe on a quarterback like maybe a Carolina Panthers or, or whoever, or, you know, we have, dra- we have a really talented roster where if I give up some draft capital this year and next, we're still pretty talented. We're really good in the important spots. We can play defense. We have a quarterback. We'll win. I just need someone to run the show. There's not many teams because typically the teams that find themselves in those categories typically don't fire their head coach. Whoa, whoa, so whoa. it's kind of like this weird back and forth. Come to the Colts. No, quarter- <laughs> no quarterback. Yeah, we're getting Aaron. We, we already know we're oh. getting there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have enough number ones, but we can just trade out like to 2030. I don't know. Is Where it is now good? with Hackett going to the Jets, yeah. is you guys got to find out. We got to get Rodgers on the horn. Is he going to New York? Tuesday, man. I don't know. What day is it? Thursday. Thursday. He's, it's like Bigfoot, bro. What do you yeah. You think we can get a hold of him right now? What do you think this is? It's a Thursday. It's his off season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's on the, me. That's on me. That's on me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the whales have made their way south from Alaska yet mm-hmm. because to give birth or not that earthquake happening. But if those whales come down to Southern California, we're not going to be able to get a hold of Aaron for f- two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye Tuesday. See you later. That's when Aaron Rodgers Tuesday ends. <laughs> yeah. Whenever it's whale birthing season down mm-hmm. there in South uh, Southern California. But that's him on the move. Crazy Greg. You got to call a couple games obviously this year and go around the NFL. How many teams you think would be willing? to kind of move with Aaron Rodgers going forward. Now, a lot of things have to happen. Aaron has to say he wants to play football still. He's still in the process of trying to figure that out. The Packers have to decide that they're going to move on to Jordan Love in a younger team. They are still trying to figure that out, I, I assume, behind closed doors. So those two decisions have to be made. But then if it is that he's going to be traded, which seemingly both sides have talked to, Packers through the media, a lot of insiders reporting that, and Aaron to us said, like, I never thought of it until, like, you draft my replacement. Then uh, if I still want to play and it's right for the Packers, we can both move on. What do you think happens there? And how many teams, after, like, getting to know the NFL a little bit better than all of us, especially these new staffs, would move with Aaron going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams out there would take Aaron Rodgers. Like this. We mentioned – yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much a no-brainer. You mentioned our production meetings. Uh, Darius asked me before, like, what we learned in the production meetings and whatnot. 
I would say the best production meeting is when we get to talk to Aaron. Here we go. Like, I mean, you guys know. Like, the guy is just a fascinating conversation. It's like 45 minutes, and he's like, oh, we're done? We're like, yeah, Aaron. Like, don't you have to go to practice? Like, he, he's the absolute best. He's an open book. He's straight, straight shooter. I mean, again, I'm pre- you guys know him better than anybody, but it's, well. he's awesome. So I'll start with that. Secondly, to, to your point, I think there's a million teams in the league that would take him, right? You mentioned the Jets. You mentioned Indianapolis. I mean, it's not a matter of does Aaron Rodgers make your team better. That's an obvious yes. Again, it goes back to very similar to Sean. Some people are saying it's are not you- an obvious yes, dude. Some people, I got some Jets fans, and obviously Jets fans are miserable in my phone. Always will be. Okay, and they'll send a text. <laughs> Don't we don't fucking want Rodgers? What are you? Why are you? Why are people saying? That? I'm like, what is that? People think that out there in the world, Greg. Yeah. You know that Packers fans I, are thinking I, that right now. Some, not all. Yeah, I think people are crazy. I, I think the the one the one part of this equation that needs to be sorted out is again. You say how if I do make a trade for Aaron, how long do I get him? Like how many years do I have to take advantage of having him play quarterback? That's number one. Then you have to make sure your team, minus whatever draft capital it took to add him and minus whatever cap space it took to add him, is your roster close enough that when you add an all-time quarterback behind center, you guys are immediately a playoff team, right? You go back to Tampa. Granted, they didn't have to give up draft capital, but by adding Tom Brady three years ago, they had the talent. They had the defense. They had the infrastructure that you insert Tom Brady at quarterback. They're instantly better. They're instantly a contender. So that's the team he needs to go to the team that's still drafting to fill a million other holes between giving up the capital to acquire him and then just the longevity of what it would take to build your roster around him to compete you probably don't have that sort of runway so i think that might be the only factor that limits some teams willingness to take him but if you look at new york we had them early on we watched them beat aaron Rodgers in lambeau field we, we called that game Halfway through the season, the Jets were rolling. They're young. They're talented. They got stars on both sides of the ball. They need quarterback play. So do I think the Jets next year win the Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback? I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. Oh, But do I think that they're a playoff team if Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback? I do. I think a lot of their fans think that as well. And same with the media. Mike Greenberg has been talking about it literally every single morning. Hey, Aaron, you're going to love it out here. And Mm -hmm. he would, by the way. Think about going from Green Bay over to there just for a couple of years. <laughs> the shows that Aaron Rodgers Man, would be going the to. Food. Oh, oh my God, the life! He's a West Coast guy. Start spreading the news. <laughs> He's coming, to Indy. Okay, Ty has a question for you, Greg. Yeah, Greg. One of the most refreshing things about hearing you call a game is like, while you won't shit on the guys, like you actually like will kind of like be critical in your analysis, and I think that's one thing that. One of the many things that people rip uh, Tony Romo for is that he kind of seems like he wants to just be buddy buddy with everyone and kind of won't call the game as like a straight shooter. I feel like you do do that. How have you kind of balanced that the farther you've gotten out of the league when you still have all these relationships with guys, but at the same at the same time, like no one wants to hear someone in the booth just kind of sit up there and kiss everyone's ass when we can see that like it's not the same as what's going on on the field. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think it's something that that all guys, especially former players, struggle with, right? I mean, we all know what it was like to be playing and have that broadcaster or that, you know, journalist or someone, you know, wrote an evaluation of the game or report and unfairly criticized you. So I, I think that the first couple of steps of that is 
I never make anything personal. I think we see guys when they make things personal, and it's a personal attack as opposed to attacking maybe their read. What do you mean? Example. Give an example. Like this guy's known to do this, like that type of stuff. Yeah, like, hey, this guy's known. He doesn't give great effort. I've heard behind the scenes that he doesn't prepare hard. He's not studying. Like, right, whether it's right or wrong, I I just don't believe. And this is just again my personal opinion. I don't like attacking guys. I have too much respect for how hard it is to play or coach in the NFL. I think it's extremely challenging and it's demanding. And just from being in that other seat, I know what it was like to sit in that seat and have people kind of come after you and attack you unjustly. Having said that, I do believe we all know what we signed up for. And you go out and you play in the NFL, you open yourself up to criticism. My my take on criticism is, I better know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right? Your if football gonna, IQ, gonna, very high. You're, you were breaking down a lot gonna, of shit. If you're going to question the backpedal or the zone turn or the coverage read of the corner or the nickel slot, how he played a two-man stack and how the left tackle was supposed to sort a pressure off the open side, you better know damn sure what yeah. you're talking about or don't say it. Because to me, that's the greatest respect you can give these players is if I'm going to – if you critique me, I go – you know what? Screw you, Olsen, but you're right. Accurate. Yeah, at least an accurate <laughs> That's read. all. And I think guys can respect that. And I think those are my two biggest rules. Don't be personal, and you better be right. And I'm not always right. Don't get me wrong. I try to put the time in that I'm fair to the guys and I'm accurate. If I don't get it right, it's not for the lack of attempt. How many times do you have to catch yourself almost burying a guy and then have to go a different direction? Mm, no, like... Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I go into it with – that's a fair question. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes guys just do bonehead things, right? I mean, not again, not to pick on the guy from last week, and we didn't bury him, but Elijah Mitchell, they're running the clock out. Yes. He just gets the first down and slides inbounds. And, and in the moment, you're emotional again. too. But you're, you're living this game and as well. And you're like, no, you got to go out of bounds. Yeah. Like, whether you're a 49er fan or not, like everyone at home, 45 million people at the same time were screaming, down. get down, get right. And, and again, it's not that he's not a great player and he's playing his ass off and he's running, he's competing. Again, it's not a personal attack. It's not. But the reality is it needs to be pointed out that in that moment, it gave Dallas another possession. Like you must slide. Coaches go over that. Every day of every game, all year long, like critical situations, you got to make good decisions. Like that's probably a good example, but it'd be easy to dog him. It'd be easier yeah. to you know rip him, but it's not fair. You're not attacking the guy. You're saying, hey, this is what this guy did wrong in this moment. It has nothing to do with the player, the person, but he made a he made a mistake. Yeah, it's the decision, the moment, not the player. And I think if you come from a like a position of empathy which it sounds like you do and have. Some guys get on TV and just completely forget how hard it is to make it to the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just completely forget. Absolutely. Like, I'm watching these people, and they're saying things, and I'm like, man, you know. Like, you, you've been cut a couple times. Like, you know how hard it is to even get there. Like, sometimes some things are going to happen, and then it's like, nope, they suck. They stink. I'm like, man, I just don't no have doubt. that in me. And mostly because I'm a punter. You fucking can do whatever you want because the tight end position has grown so much. Tight end university is obviously fantastic. Also, your podcast, you think, is amazing. I assume the message is getting out incredibly. Are you enjoying the hell out of that? Are you still able to do that with your schedule and your travel uh, situation through the season? Yeah, our, our first season was, was a huge success. Got a baby. Hey, got yeah. baby. Appreciate that. Clap it up for me. Um, you know, I think... <laughs> 
you know, we, we wrapped at the end of the year, we wrapped kind of our season one, and we had probably 40-some-odd episodes with all sorts of really interesting former coaches, athletes, um, current players, families, just everyone from the entire world of, for anybody who's raising a kid right now in the youth sports world, it is a crazy scene. And um, with specialization and academies and kids moving away from home and middle school to what? train in basketball, I mean, it's it's wild. It's a wild world out there. So coming out at the end of this year, we at the end of this football season, we have, so this spring we have some really cool kind of deeper dive things that we've identified throughout the course of some of these episodes that we're going to be releasing um, starting here this spring, where we're going to kind of take a little bit of a deeper look into some of this world that we've uncovered. Uh, with some more multi-series kind of longer length um, episodes where we can really get into the weeds a little bit more, but uh, it's, it's been a blast. It's a, it's a crazy world as a parent. And uh, we hear from a lot of people throughout the country who are kind of living the same life with their kids playing sports. Let's go like a cereal for these things. Yeah. Let's go through the whole, you said we're going deep, deep into it. We're going, we got experts, we got specialists, we right. got professionals, right. we got right. reactions, recoveries, right. all the, right. like what, what, what we're going in here. Yeah, I mean, we a lot. Some of our most popular episodes. Uh, Michael Gervais, who's like a world-renowned sports psychologist, works with Olympic athletes, works with the Seahawks, which is where I first met him. And just like sitting down and just understand. I mean, again, I, I was almost like I was sitting on the couch at like a shrink's office, and I went home and I'm like, I am a failure as a father. Right? <laughs> I can't believe I said that to my kid after he struck out. I cannot believe what right. Like, and you start like questioning every decision you make. As a parent, but it was like a really eye-opening experience. That episode with with Dr. Gervais like resonated with people throughout the whole country and had them really evaluating their parental approach to to parenting and youth sports. Um, we've talked to academies. I mentioned there's kids moving down. I mean, there's IMG Academy down in Florida. They have kids as young as seventh, eighth grade moving down there, specializing in sports, Jeez. going to school. I mean. The NASCAR world, like we're interviewing NASCAR drivers who on Tuesday nights on dirt tracks north of Charlotte, I mean, they're going up there and watching their kids ride in like little go-karts in essence at eight, nine years old. I mean, there's so many cool little worlds of youth sports happening all throughout the country and uh, we're excited to dive into some of them. Yeah, that's amazing. We can't wait to listen to season two. I raced against some of those eight and nine-year-olds in a go-kart in Carolina one time. I was a part of... uh, I forget how it came up. Like, hey, you want to go race against? And I forget somebody's. I don't want to say the wrong name. Was Lagano? Lagano could have been Lagano. Could have been Joe. Lagano had a brother or something that was racing, and they like build these go karts, and it's like very yeah. intense. And then I, I fucking got in there like twenty three years old or whatever. Beat <laughs> him. Hell no. These Come kids, on. they're lighter than I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, faster. the engine. Less drag. You know what I mean? They have a lot. And also, they can drive. Hey, these little. Hey. They got the line down. Oh, yeah. And, they, they, and oh, yeah. their parents are not happy if they're not, too. I, I assume that gets chatted about. It is a very, like, because there's only so many cars. Yeah. Dog you know eat I mean? dog. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to get into. What a wild time. You're crushing it, pal. Will you be out at the uh, Radio Row, or what are you just focusing in on the game? Yeah, I'll be out there all week. I get out to Arizona the Monday, the Monday of the week. So I, I saw your message this morning. You guys will be out there. So I'm uh, hoping I make the cut. Hoping you make the Come cut. On. We're hoping we make the cut. They're going to have you everywhere out there. We just hope that you get a chance to stop by 10, 15 minutes. Give you as much time as you want, buddy. Will you really? All right, Monday, we need you. Full day. No yeah. <laughs> three, out, you three hours? Three, <laughs> three hours. Four. Hey, I appreciate that. I'm so high on the list that the Monday when no one's at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we're just saying. Yeah. Appreciate that. No, no, we would, love, that. we would love to have you on the pack days, but you just <laughs> said that you go forever. It's like, if we can get three hours of Greg Olson. <laughs> to start hot. We 
We try to get three hours with Greg. You're <laughs> yeah. amazing, bro. You were crushing it. We knew this, though, since the first time I met you. I knew this from the first time I met you. I believe at the Pro Bowl I got a chance to chat with you. You're incredibly cool. And then, obviously, my retirement, whenever you – the way you handled that, how you did it so naturally, one take, all that shit in there. It, it was – it was amazing. We said, oh, Greg Olson's Captain America, like actually uh -huh. Captain America mm -hmm. here. Taller, more handsome than you are, better at football than you are, yep. smarter than you are. Right. And we were like, oh, this guy could probably do whatever. And turns out you just go into one of the toughest jobs in all of sports, and you've crushed it, Greg. Congratulations, dude. You've done good. Seems like you've done pretty good. <laughs> appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys. Big fan of the show. Coach Bergano, just saying what's up. Played against you a bunch. I see the you. I was waiting. I thought maybe I'd get a you question from you, but he didn't want to ask a question. Oh, Craig, hey. I don't like to out people here, uh, but I do. So, uh, I do one of these. You know, does anybody want a question? And Chuck was just so like, nah. he was listening. He goes, mm -mm, "No, I'm good. I'm good." So but it sounds like, like he's in. He did throw it to you, though. Yeah, yeah. He, did. he did throw it to you a couple times. Hey, so you. I saw it. Big, big fan. Obviously, watched you from afar for a long time. Here we go, Chuck. Huge fan. Um, played for your dad in high school, right? Senior. Yep. Um, yep. I played for mine. It was a miserable experience. I hope yours was better than mine. <laughs> Obviously, it seems that way. Um, <laughs> Notre Dame, you started Notre Dame and then transferred down to Miami, right? And I, yep. I just left. I, I made a smart move there and went, went to you know, Cleveland with Butch. And you guys, <laughs> they didn't lose a game for two more years and probably should have won two national championships. But the call, talking about you, know, you being on TV now and, and doing these games, how you describe, because you talk about how difficult it is to play and to coach in the National Football League, and we all know what we signed up for, right? And the officiating, oh, here we how go. difficult the officiating is. And then when you dissect it at the end of the game, we're talking about, you know, uh, Mitchell trying to stay in balance, all those things. But then at the end of the game, you know, when they wound that clock, and nobody knows the oh, rules. The I mean, they're so, so difficult, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when you described in layman's terms, and made it make sense to every 45 million people out there, because not many people can do that. I couldn't do it as a head coach for a long time. We know how difficult that rule book is. How much do you have to dive into that, obviously? Were you always aware of the rules? Uh, study those things. Now being in the booth and having to, uh, to talk about not only offense and, and defense and both teams, all that stuff. Special teams. Dissecting how right. to play a two-man stack. And, you know, are they playing lock limbo on this three-man bunch and man, all those things. But then the, the officiating part of it, that was, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Oh, baby. Well, I, I appreciate that, Coach. And, and I'm going to answer your question, and then after, Pat, if I have two seconds, I'm going to tell my first Coach Pagano experience because I don't even think Coach remembers You got, it. hey, but it's all the time. Hey, all, 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 all the time. time. Hey. So, a couple hours. All right, so Just to like answer Monday. your question, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> so the rule stuff is a really good point, and I have to, to give credit here and a plug. So Mike Pereira is with our crew. And I'll, I'll be honest, I try to stay up on some of the rules. The game management stuff, end-of-game scenarios, timeout usages, out-of-bounds rules, clock stoppage, like that was all stuff that just as a player we drilled and drilled and drilled. I mean, the amount of times that I sat through a two-minute presentation where the coach would say, all right, Olsen or whoever, what are the rules about how we stop the clock in a two-minute? Okay, we can call timeout. Yes, we can get out of bounds. And then, okay, how do you get out of bounds? And you'd go through all the different scenarios, non-contact, contact, forward, sideways, all that. So like a lot of that end-of-game scenario, just from living it and breathing it and, and studying it, um, as we all know, you better than most, 
that's how you win games in the NFL and, and understanding how to make great real-time decisions in stressful situations, which the end of the games typically are, um, separate teams, good teams from the bad teams and winners from the teams that go home early. So in that particular case, it was just something I could relate to. I mean, I'm sure at somewhere someone could dig up a clip of me not stopping the clock or I'm sure at some point I did it wrong, but, um, it was something I always took good pride in was understanding the complexity of the game, always understanding what we were trying to do. You know, we get into these two minute drives where you have no timeouts and we talk about, all right, once you catch it, you see these guys running for all this extra yards as the clock time and they get tackled and they're peeling defensive players off. They're trying to hand the ball to the official. They're kicking it. You know, we talk like, no, you got to get down, right? So mandatory get down. There's so many cool end of game discussions that, when they come up, it makes it fun for us in the broadcast booth to uh, to talk about. But Mike Pereira does a great job sometimes on some of the real nuanced rules that, unless you are an NFL official, I don't know how anybody keeps track of it all. And he's unbelievable at real time being able to get it to us. So it's a combination of all of those uh, of all of those things. What's the matter, Pat? Did I say something you didn't like? No, it's not your. This is not your fault. Oh, this is the. We po- love this. Pereira. Is this show's problem? Uh huh. As soon as somebody's name gets mentioned, obviously, whatever he has done most recently that is in everybody's mind, mm-hmm. obviously, gets referenced. I got it. I got so it. Every time you said it, there was, Sorry, Greg. There was three tongues staring at me. You know what I mean? As soon as you mentioned it, like, literally, as you're talking. I knew it. Sorry, so I Sorry Paisan. I got it. Because if you go to the wide angle here, like, Greg, like, I'm looking right at... <laughs> so as you're giving the answer, that's happening. <laughs> It's tough. It's a part. I get of, it. That's oh, our dude. problem, though. That's our problem. I love it. No, it's no, not I good. love it. Hey, but you're. Let me get my coach yes, Pagano. I gotta get, sorry, it's my show now. Okay, it's my <laughs> show. Now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Especially so if you're I'm, gonna I'm keep riding those. I'm, I'm in the summer. <laughs> I'm in the summer between ninth and tenth grade. My dad knows Greg Schiano, who at the times uh, defensive coach down in Miami. Butch Davis is the head coach. And he's known Greg because Greg Schiano played high school football in New Jersey, and the high school he went to played against my dad when he was a coach. So we go down to Miami, me and my older brother, like I said, rising 10th grader. Butch is the coach. Coach Pagano's on the staff, Rob Chudzinski, Mario Cristobal, Larry Coker. I mean, this is like a star-studded group of guys. So Butch Davis is the first uh, college coach to offer me a scholarship. There we go. That year. So Miami was like ingrained in me of course then i think my junior year like shortly thereafter maybe my junior year he leaves and goes to to cleveland and brought a lot of those guys with him obviously coach included but so i remember being down there at miami for on that at that camp with all these famous coaches uh as a 16 year old kid and was chuck a nice guy did he have good he probably had great hair if I oh know. yeah great uh, hair I, I just i just remember all the you know when the coaches came out there and again he wasn't coaching me obviously he was on the other side of the ball but when the Miami coaches got out there, like it didn't matter if it was high knees and warm-ups, uh, you're touching your toes, you're like putting your I mean everything you do when the Miami coaches were around, you were like having you were like giving it everything you had. It was a for a young kid from New Jersey to go perform in front of Miami football coaches was a big deal. You killed it, I assume. Yeah, yeah, you get a first offer obviously yeah, from yeah, Miami yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. from yeah. New Jersey. It's not about me. This is about Coach Pagano. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously, but it's sort of about you too, kinda. I mean, if you're not gonna do it, we'll do it. You did it earlier about how many catches and yards and everything like Boy. that. We at least owe you a favor here. <laughs> you're from New Jersey. You're from New Jersey, you understand. 
Shiano, Pagano. Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount uh-huh. of paisanos <laughs> down there doing their thing. It's amazing. I get it. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of you, Greg. Thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll be able to fit in your appreciate schedule. You. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to fit in your schedule, Radio Row. We'll figure it out. Appreciate you, man. You're the man. Take care, guys. You think podcast coming out this spring. Can't wait to listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Olson. Yeah! Hey, football's a great sport, and we just chatted with a good sport. Hell yeah. Greg Olson. Great. For like 45 minutes. I love that guy. He's going to be calling the Super Bowl. We're very pumped for him. And we can't thank you enough for joining us here on this glorious Coach P Thursday. That's because Coach P is on the stage here. Yeah, Appreciate you, Coach. You even got a question in about the U. You know, you're a little scared. You're a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to talk sure. to him. But then you came in with a great question, oh, yeah. great story. Hey, let's go, Chuck. Huh? Go, Coach. Got your monster energy on. Right. Yep. Huh? Uh, Where'd you get that from? We Man. 2000, uh, 2013, yeah, 2014, USO trip. C- C-17. Six and a half Ooh. days we traveled around the world. And nothing better than going around the world with the Wee Man. Yeah, I could imagine. Unbelievable. That's what awesome. a stud. He showed me some photos of he and Wee Man. I think, I think Wee Man had a great time on that trip. I'm sure he did. And I assume he remembers old Chuck Pagano traveling the world alongside of him. Uh, we appreciate you joining us all season, just like we appreciate Darius J. Butler joining us all Hello, season. Good boy, D-Butt. Well, for everything DB, I think in the next hour, it's a good one. Hey, this, is, uh, this is a good one. Yeah, Coach Pagano is going to help out, obviously. Hell yeah. You know, be uh, – Exclamation mark to it. Yeah. The incredible. Toxic tables here at Boston Connor and Ty Schmidt. Boys, go and get through the Greg Olson conversation. <laughs> I no. mean, when in Rome, you know, everyone saw the Mike Pereira. We love We man. love Pereira. Yeah. Absolutely love Pereira. Great guy. When you get the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, look at that. Look at that guy. He loves it. That's not the only time he's been caught either. It's not oh. like this is a, you know, one once in a lifetime <laughs> thing. This happens a lot to old Pereira. <laughs> Man, Mikey that, Tongue, that sly dog. What does he say? He was Portuguese, right? Yeah, yep. Not he Italian. Is. He's Portuguese man. Yep. We met him at Top Golf. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's awesome. <laughs> great guy. Doing something similar. Saw there. the tongue there as well. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> he, he loves that tongue. <laughs> he, he's been on the show numerous. It's how he times. says hi to people. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't we don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. We don't. He might have just been saying hello. That might mm-hmm. be their language. Exactly. We're not 100 percent sure. Uh, but he. Um, what a character. Uh, I'm happy he got a shout-out. I just saw a video during the break there. Uh, Gene Steratore was on CBS Morning. Uh, they did a whole go. special on him. I'm happy. He, he seemingly speaks more than the other officiating crews. Yep. Tony Romo and Jim go to him a lot, and I think it's a lot of Tony going, Gene? I don't know, Gene. What do you think? Hey, could, could be a flag, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think, Gene? <laughs> there was a couple of those yep. this weekend. Uh-huh. Happy you've been working on that. That's an incredible addition because I do believe they're paying him a lot of money for at least mm. the next five years. At least. And hopefully it just keeps on going. Tony, hey, listen, Tony, you'll be a baby face again. Oh, yeah. You'll be baby face again. I nope. love him. Yeah, nope. he kind of has come back around. Yeah, that's for us. Like, we talked about the circle. It was like, oh, Oh, this guy's unbelievable. God, I hate this guy. And now he's back to, man, this is so bad, and I hate him so much that I like him. We we were we were we were early adopters <laughs> to the Romo. We were early adopters to the Romo no. Now we're back on that. This is so funny that it's likable. Yes. Yeah. Romo. The well, moment that's that side of the state. Yeah, that's a circle of life. The moment the Jim sent it to him this weekend and it was a two shot on them and he had like a mint in his mouth. <laughs> was not prepared to say anything. I think <laughs> Nate just likes fucking well, yeah, obviously. What? And that's the the shot heard, the call heard around the what world. Was it? The, 
Way, 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 You know, doing that was unbelievable. But he yeah. just, he had so many moments on on Sunday that were just. Oh, the internet, him. dude. Me too. Love I me love too. Him. Just because you, you click on his name on Twitter, it is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He is a driver of incredible Twitter. Uh, like, some of the great, I mean, he can't read it, which is a shame because he would have to be the mentally toughest human. To ever he exist. does though. Remember, we went through his likes that one time, yeah. and all of his Twitter me. likes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, earlier in the season, that's kind of when uh, when I turned, I tweeted a gif of, like a guy's head exploding. I said something about listening to Romo. Sure enough, he liked it. So he, I was like, you know what? This guy's got a sense of humor. I'm back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think that was a sense of humor? Either that or he that just, was a reminder. Oh, this son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay, I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> So whenever we ask for him to come on the show, mm-hmm. you know, if we ever were to ask for him to come on the show, his people would send back that particular tweet and be like, have you ever apologized to Tony Romo for this? It's like, actually, no. And do not dive in. We will pass on having Tony yeah. on. Never mind. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you got to call a game with 35, 40 million people mm-hmm. watching, there's going to be people that don't like you. Yep. That just comes with the job. That's why I think what Greg Olson's been able to do is so fantastic. Terrence J. Butler here. Joining us now from an attic in Ohio. Holy fuck. 100% my fault. These things get away from me. This is a part of the problem of this program. There's a lot of them. Like, for instance, the position that Greg Olson was placed. Bingo. <laughs> because he had to mention Pereira. Gene Serator, another great ref. Happy he's getting some love on CBS this morning. Joining us now is a man who needs to be on all the morning shows. Because mm-hmm. what he does for the state of Ohio, representing them in such a perfect fashion, every single day, with the fucking best jawline uh-huh. in all of sports Hell media. Yeah. He's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, father of 10. Ladies and gentlemen, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, A.J. Hawk. Yay! Yay! A.J., I made you wait a long time today. That's 100% on me. That's fucked up. I'm a rude guy. That's on me. Uh, Greg Olson wanted a lot longer than I thought I was going to go. I just want to let you know that I do feel bad about that right in this moment. I will get past it for the good of the show, <laughs> but in this exact moment, I want to let you know I do feel bad and thank you for waiting around. Hey, no, uh, no offense. I, I loved it. Honestly, I got to sit here and watch as a fan as I'm connected. I never heard of the the circle of Romo that uh, Con Man threw out there. I've never, yeah. that's, yeah. A, that's my first time hearing it. Yeah, dude. Uh, C O R has been happening on that side of the stage. No, that, it, it was taking place in the last office too. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So this it, is. It kind of exactly a compliment Con gave him when yeah. he's saying yeah, it's so bad and so terrible. Now I've come around. I like it. I'm, I don't know if Tony's going to feel great. Well, about that. how about Connor saying that and then Ty going? Yeah, he liked one of my tweets where I said, listen to Tony Romo, and it was somebody's head exploding. Like, I, this is what I came around on. This yeah, guy. it's awesome. Like, I don't think Tony's listening to that. I don't know if Tony's ever going to come on the show, but I do enjoy Tony. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah can't he, wait he for Sunday. He, he likes the game. You can tell he's excited by the game. He is also wheeling and de- I think he's free wheeling in there. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is oh, what everybody's sure. thinking. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wow, this guy did not good, prepare at all. Chance. Well, because him not preparing <laughs> is what made him – Get paid seventeen, eighteen million. It was him yeah. guessing what was going to happen. Yeah, and you knew him. Ponch- Change the game. Yes. Unprecedented. Completely. Oh, he's Tony Romo. Yeah, you know. And yeah. Corona tone. The cadence too. Amen. I mean that. The cadence that Ty gave out. I mean that was spot on. What was it again? It was you know, multiple different cadences, Jim. <laughs> maybe try to call him off. He's still an extra five yards. Like a you know why why he's high why why he's high. Oh man, nope, false start. You know. <laughs> <laughs> good call. I mean, I was watching in real time. I mean, it's good. Call. Yeah. yeah, it's a good Caden. Yeah. Fucking, I jumped. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was watching. Yeah. 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 I had earmuffs. I had fucking earmuffs. Watching the Not ball. me, dude. I couldn't hold my water. As soon as AJ caught. Speaking of holding water, 
the fuck is going on at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Duquesne is a university that one of our uh, people certainly went to, and a lot of our friends back in Pittsburgh Very I know have gone to Duquesne. Graduated. It is actually, this is, this is no joke. Congratulations to Tone Diggs, who's graduated at Duquesne. Four years. Had a baby. This is no <laughs> shit, okay? Duquesne University is average arm throw away from the Allegheny County Jail, mm -hmm. okay, in downtown Pittsburgh. So you're literally just, like, looking over top of the Allegheny County Jail. Right on. Beautiful view, though. Hell, yeah. Beautiful view. Get a chance to walk across the bridge, go down the south side, which yep. is the most absurd part of any city, maybe in America. I mean, at this point, I think there's a lot of them. But Duquesne University is a university that is chatted about, and a lot of people have friends that go to, and a good school. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually a pretty good school. Oh, Ivy. They got a pretty good football team. They do some stuff every once in a while. Basketball team, not bad. The only thing you're going to be remembered for, though, is the fucking Uber Eats guy showing yeah. up on the fucking floor <laughs> while game is being played with some McDonald's. Now, obviously, this has to be a gimmick. This has to be yep. a work. But Get the, a mic on. the actor was so fucking great. He got, he's a foot away from action. Yeah, yeah. the guy had the ball. Confused acting and then just walked. Could have rolled up. that dude's ankle. What if that dude steps on him and <laughs> rolls his ankle? Well, that's not as funny, is it? But no. <laughs> that didn't happen. What the hell is going on through Kane Town? I, I don't I don't listen, I mean, sometimes the Uber Uber Eats drivers, the DoorDash drivers, they are an absolute staple and a linchpin of society these days. Agreed. Um, Amen. One who delivered our food yesterday, he had no idea what state he was in, so this doesn't shock me <laughs> at all. Now my worry is What? The guy was flying a fucking spaceship yesterday when he delivered food here. Well, I think that's been food delivery forever. Right? Sure, sure, sure. Hundred percent. Snowstorm. But the bigger issues. Where's the security at? At fucking UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse. Well, that's. I didn't know that arena existed because it's it always been AJ Palumbo. I saw Braun play in the AJ Palumbo. As soon as so. I, as soon as I left, uh, they fucking built this beautiful, state-of-the-art fucking new facility for all the athletics to train in and, and for the basketball house, the basketball. That's because um, what you built, though, for the Sure, Tony. sure, sure, sure. Tony sure. was Thank a Duquesne Duke. Duke. Mm -hmm. Correct. Go Duke. Um, he was a weapon on defense side of the ball. How's, right. how's this guy just fucking walk in? <laughs> in the the and to be so Because you guys are running a little half-ass operation. Yeah. I thought Duquesne was more grass away from being an Ivy League They school. are, and the Dukes, the Dukes this year are fucking probably going to win the A-10, most likely going to win a couple games in the tournament. But, Ooh. I mean, that was – we can't have what happened last night. But since – since that guy made his appearance on the court, they went on a 35-18 win. Uh, Ron to go 12-3 at home this year in the fucking It's tough to house. play there in a field uh, house. Yeah, it is. I got to buy a ticket. Is that the greatest <laughs> Uber Eats driver of all time if he bought a ticket to deliver this food? I think it's good internet. Yeah. I, I do. Just right on what? to the. Do they serve <laughs> McDonald's in the arena? I love that this happened in Pittsburgh, I too. So. I would like to take I would like us. Ginger's to take credit for a guy that would just walk on a court and not give a single fuck. Pittsburgh dude in a Pittsburgh university just walking right on the court. Chuck, what are you saying, Bo? Uh, it didn't spill anything. No. Exactly. Well, I, I've been to Duquesne. That's up on the cliff. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Lee Bodden. You remember Lee Bodden in the corner? Hell yeah. There's his mentor. Went and worked him out the weekend before the draft. They had that little piece of the turf outside. Yeah, in the bubble. Right, and there was a little yeah. field house. Mm -hmm. And then there was this little piece of grass, like in some brick on the other side. Yeah, there's just little, you keep saying little pieces of grass. So that's obviously That's the situation, just not enough grass to be an Ivy so League. So a real city. They <laughs> sent me the last, you know, there's a couple days Concrete left. Jungle. You could be out and work out a kid. So I went and met Lee, and we did some board stuff, and then went outside and put him through some drills. And shoot, I think we 
college free agent. Yeah, play and well. he played, play, and played big time ball. Yeah, got a big contract Patriots. to the Patriots. Hell, hell yeah! Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he's one of my. But what a beautiful universe up, overlooking. Great view. Everything. Great view. Yeah. Um, Why did Diggs go there? What made him go there? He's a dog, dude. They recruited him. I, I want. I I wanted to play at the highest level that I could possibly play at, and that was that was it. Fucking one double A. Go Dukes. You play football and basketball? Nope. Yep. Football and baseball. Dang. All three. I don't know if they have a baseball team. I think they got a soccer they, team. That's they, good. Got, they got both. Good soccer baseball good team. They got a good soccer team too, mm-hmm. don't they? They had the bubble. They had the old bubble that like any soccer team practiced in in the middle of downtown pretty much over their field. Mm-hmm. Been there since like 1995 probably. That's why when Cincinnati just built one for their NFL team, it's like <laughs> I've literally seen this university in Pittsburgh have this thing forever, and it's just they turn on some generators. Yeah, every winter, yeah, every winter it covered up. like so easy. Covered yep. like 70 yards of the football field. And they had nice. uprights in there. Mm-hmm. I used to blast. Oh, so they took it down? They took it down like yeah. when it was warm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just wheeled it off. It was like co- collected and then like wheeled off. Had uprights on yeah. the the yeah. side of the thing, though. That's what yeah, Harvard does, too. Yeah, that's been around forever. That's mm-hmm. why what's happened... We don't have to say it. We don't have to handle it. <laughs> we don't have to do they it. Got a bu- they got one. Go ahead. Yeah, they're back. Yep. Is it not no, amazing that they didn't have a single bubble? Like, didn't even have a bubble until this year. That's, that's not when you know. No, but we should be happy that they got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hey, we, we're happy you got it. Joey, B, Joey B, the bubble that Joey B built. <laughs> it's about to be that entire... I think franchise that you would be built. They're investing. They're doing business. Ian Rapport said they're thriving financially. They can afford an extension. I think you get the deal done with Joey Burrow as quick as possible if what Ian Rapport is saying is accurate. Don't you think, uh, Darius? Like he said, he's him. The window is as long as he's hey, there. Yeah. yeah, you got a quarterback. He said he blacks out, by the way. Uh-huh. He didn't remember saying that he's him. I love it. Yeah, the teammates. Them asking the teammates about him saying Did that. And all of them, yeah. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> Been saying that all year. Yeah, he's not the only person saying that. You should hear what we say about him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you heard it. We said Burrowhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You heard what we said. He, everybody loves that guy, huh? He is the state of he's Ohio. He's changed everything. He's changed everything. I, like, when I'm – anyone I come across in Ohio, that's all they do is talk about the Bengals, talk about Joey Burrow. They want to get out to the Super Bowl if they make it. Like, he has changed – like, random people that are casual fans are diehard Bengals fans now. Or wait, they're – I should say fans that were always kind of Bengals fans, but they're always – like, hey, man, the team, when are they going to lose? Like, they were always negative about it. Now they're very positive, and they, like, they have a new lease on life, I feel like. Let's go around the NFL a little bit. Some great fan bases. Obviously, New England, mass oh, yeah. holes, great fan bases. What? Baltimore, that stadium, whenever they're humming, great fan base. Whatever the fuck Baltimore people are called. Whatever. Baltimoreans. Whatever they are. Uh, let's go over to Pittsburgh. Yinzers, fuck, like, mm-hmm. Yinzer, the humans yep. that Top Yinzers tier. are. Great fucking uh, atmosphere. You talk about Cincinnati, Ohio fucks mm-hmm. having a reason to be like, sure. you know, Herb Street sent me those videos this year from the stadium. And I was like, damn, this, it felt like a college at, through everything. It's not like, you know, some NFL games are like a little bit like this with the crowd, you know, and there's good places, there's bad places, and there's obviously ebbs and flows of every single game. But there are some fan bases that don't care. Like yeah, they're yeah. in, they're in the game. It's like sitting is not an option. Like we're not sitting. There's some stadiums where if you stand, you can get ejected. Because you're fucking blocking somebody's view. And then there's some stadiums where if you're to sit down, probably going to get beat up. So it's like there's obviously different environments. Cincinnati has become a place I think that people do not want to fucking go play in, right? 
I think so. Yeah, I haven't been there on, like on a game day with old Joey B at the helm, but I would imagine it's it's much louder than it has been in the past. No question. Not only louder, also you, you give some ammunition to some boys out there. Yeah, they oh, feel yeah. confident too. They, those fans feel confident now for the first time in a long time as well. Yeah, like what you're saying is real. You yeah, know? like what you're saying now is real. That's why New England fans like. Not only are they mass holes, so they're probably shit talkers to begin with Bingo. in the way they operate, but then they also have like the greatest dynasty in the history of sport with just the pull from. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you also, boom, boom, boom. And they just have that. So it's like Arsenal. They got Joey Burrow, who's an Ohio fuck, leading the way, yep. beating everybody. You know, and their fate, the way they're framing this is the NFL is against us. You know what I mean? Yeah. The. The neutral site game, the coin flip deal with Baltimore, mm-hmm. like it's the city is alive, sure. obviously because of the Bengals, but also it's like the it's the NFL versus Cincinnati right now. Yeah, that's a great yes. place to be, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as a coach, more specifically, wow. but just as a whole, it's fucking incredible. Well, even that stadium when they played the Ravens, and when obviously it was an unbelievable play, so anybody would you know go nuts at it. But when Hubbard returned that kick, like even on the broadcast, you could tell like, holy shit, these people love this fucking team, and we talk about. You know, coaches who emulate the city and the region. Like, Burrow is the perfect Cincinnati guy. Obviously, he's from Ohio, but for a team, like, the lack of respect the Bengals get Burrow with how he was at Ohio State, the lack of respect he got when he was there. And then even now, when there is a promo ran on the NFL's Instagram, and it's the Chiefs, what? it's the Eagles, what? it's the Niners, what? and it's the Bills. And they don't have the Bengals in there because the – promo that they probably had prepared what? was for those four Is that teams. real? What was that on? Oh, yeah, that was real. It was on the NFL's Instagram on one of their stories. They ran, like, a promo for winter hats, and the four teams that were on there were those four teams, and it wasn't the Bengals. Like, the way that Cincinnati has been able to just kind of buy into this team, and it's even the coaching staff. Like, fuck, Zach Taylor, he's a shitty coach three years ago. And then you look at Lou Anarumo, who we were talking to. It's like, this dude has been – just a grinder for 25-plus years, and you ask him. Like, 25, hey, 1989, he said. Yeah, yeah, sure, even longer. I, I'm thinking just NFL. Like, Yeah, you go all the way back to when he was at Wagner College. Like, He's been grinding for a long, long time. Awesome. And then you ask him, like, hey, why aren't you getting any NFL like consideration, NFL head coaching consideration? He's like, I don't know. Fuck it. Like, they don't care. They, I feel Chuck, like they're using all that, right? You're, Zach Taylor's using all that stuff. Now, granted, you see Zach taking the – the game ball down to the bars. Hell yeah. And, like, I love that. You know, that's, like, so old, 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 old school. Like, before, like, even television nationally existed, like, just, yep. like, local, like, mm-hmm. you go down to a local spot and, like, do it. Now, there's probably a lot of bars and locals and regulars at a lot of other places that are, like, what the fuck? What's that bar? On our bar, which is you're never going to be able to win. But from the outside looking in, it's like he's doing it the right way almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, let's build this thing together. They're, they're kind of all against us. And he's using all of that, right, Chuck? I those, those things are probably on a loop. You know, he played it over and over and over again. The ticket sales down in Atlanta, what you were talking about, Connor. Yeah, he's, you know, that they feel like they're family. They feel like they are totally part of that team. And Zach, Zach had to grow into that. You mentioned three years ago, he didn't look like the same dude he looks like today, just from a confidence standpoint, everything about it. I mean, it's, it's um, that light show they play, and when they play Welcome to the Jungle, is that what you're talking about, all those lights going off? I'm talking about the, the whole thing. I didn't yeah. even think about that, but that. You no, know, the yeah, phones are going off, and it's like, the and as a player, you know as a player, like, we've been in some stadiums where it's like, Dead. It felt like COVID, and it wasn't COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got kiss, cam, got kiss cam going and stuff like that. Yeah, so, this one o'clock a, games, yeah. Jacksonville? 
And they all juice. expect to show up and kick your ass now. So it's they expect to win. Yeah, and the fans are and also. They are. Yeah, yeah. the fans are expected it's, to win too, as they should. They get an extension done though. That sets it for Lamar, mm-hmm. right? Herbert. Yeah. So who's going to blink first almost? If I'm Joe, I Joe, if you if you offer Joey Burrow, and this sounds so, we know Lamar's asking price because we know the comps in which it's being compared. <laughs> Obviously, that's what comp stands for. But every conversation is leading to the Deshaun Watson contract. So was it that he didn't get Deshaun's contract? Does he want a little bit less than Deshaun's contract? Does he want more than what they actually offered, which is like $100 million less guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson got? Is there somewhere in the middle? Everybody's assuming that Lamar wants... 130 or 235 million as opposed to what Deshaun has at 230 million. Do we know if that's the case or does he just want it to be respectable in there? You know, like what does Joey Burrow want? Does Joey Burrow potentially want a deal that's obviously huge, but he understands at this stage of his life because of how he has done that the big games are the games that matter. You know, Joe Snow happens in Joey Burrow's brand. Not that Joe Burrow cares about his brand, mm-hmm. but if we're talking about making money, commercials, doing things like that to offset prices that you would normally have in a football contract. Will he be a guy who will, you know, figure out the contract deal to help the Bengals out, who we know are just opening for business now? No offense. That's <laughs> real, though. Like, what do you think he does with this whole situation? I mean, he's in a, he's not in a great spot for him. That's, that's where it kind of works against him, being the Ohio kid and the hometown guy and all of this, that if he doesn't take, like, a team-friendly deal, people hometown. can get pissed at him. Hometown discount. You know? like it's Home, actually- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the actually- definition of a hometown discount <laughs> right here is what we're, we're looking at. But, yeah, I would expect him to – I mean, I don't think he's going to jump out there and say, like, I, I want 250 guaranteed, but I would imagine he wants what he deserves and he, and he is willing to – I guess, craft that contract to where it could help open up space in the future. They'll go keep kicking the can every year when they need to sign more people. Yeah, one of those 10-year deals like the Patrick Mahomes yeah, has with the that, Chiefs. Or that whatever. makes the most sense, doesn't it? They do something like that, and then in you know four or five years, they rework it again. Because, like, and granted, you know, he, he, but like they're, they're never going to let go of him. So why wouldn't you do a, a 10-year deal? I mean, I guess now it's like... What if it's a 15- or 20-year deal? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what, what if it's just like, why hey, not? we got you for your whole career... Okay, yeah, and we're going to figure this out as we go. Yeah, here's the amount of money that we're going to pay you for basically the next ten years. And if we don't like it, guess what? We can renegotiate this. But this is what we're going to give you as a signing bonus. It's going to be prorated over twenty fucking years here. Yeah, let's just act like you have another twenty years. Cool, sweet. And then boom, his cap, his cap hit isn't as big, and they can rework it ten years from now when the salary cap might be five hundred yeah. million. Exactly. Who knows? Wilson knows he's a smart guy, right? And he wants to win. Yes. And he knows if I take 50% of the cap, you pay me that, I got no pieces around me. So he knows he's got to have, you know, Higgins and Boyd and Chase and Lex and all those Light. guys. So Light. Offense lines. So don't, yeah. you, don't you think, I mean, they're going to pay him, you know, what he's worth. But also on his hand, he's, he also knows that in order to keep this thing going and run this thing back and continue to run it back, you can't pay me a king's ransom so tom always took a pay cut he took it as a signing bonus mm-hmm. and then it was nowhere near the top but i think he did have obviously accumulation of contracts that is obviously yeah. a lot more than anybody else um in comparison to hold on it just came out who has who made the most money it was uh i, I thought it was tom i think tom ben yeah. was in there i think ben, ben roethlisberger was in there right matt ryan was in there when it came to, so nowadays though the model is you have to break the record for the next player behind you. Exactly. Right? It's like that is almost like forced upon 
that, and I don't want to say forced upon as if it's a bad thing, because, hey, get all the fucking money that you can get. You know what I mean? Like, do whatever you can do. It's your body. You can only play for a certain amount of time. And all the people that say they get to play the game, they do, but mm-hmm. also the owners get to make billions mm-hmm. of money off of me playing. So if they're making money, we should also probably make some money in this entire thing. That's the way business works. So, like, I, I appreciate guys going and getting all their money, but I do believe, like, even Aaron said it, right? Mm-hmm. Aaron said it yep. on Tuesday. He's like, with the way the salary cap is and things that you can do, I understand that I'll probably have to rework my contract to help out and make it more salary cap friendly if I was to come back and play football or whatever. Like, that's just kind of the way the world is right now, I think. So maybe this will lead to a guy taking a hometown discount. But if they don't, I also understand completely. So it's a, it's a fascinating give-and-take situation. Here. In, like, the player resetting the market we saw with Roquan Smith this year, like, hey, I need to be the next guy at the middle linebacker position because I'm resetting – what these guys are going to get paid, but like even when you think about the Mahomes ten year five hundred million or four hundred seventy whatever the hell it actually ended up being, that resetting of the market lasts for maybe a year because then you know the next year after someone else is going to reset the market and then someone else. So if Burrow does decide in the Bengals, hey, let's sign this guy right now because you know it might reset the market. But if we do a ten year X amount, you know, deal, then we can work these other pieces. Like Mahomes and granted they lost Tyreek Hill, but they are able to add other smaller pieces. Brought in Juju. Juju traded M- for Tony. MVS gets brought in. Like they could still add. Whereas like you're seeing it right now with the Bills. The Bills did like a six year massive deal and now they have to There's a the loophole cap. in the salary cap. <laughs> yes. And some teams are using it and some teams are not. And I think everybody's gonna have to start if you want to keep up. And it is you just, but to do that you have to find your yeah a long term yeah. pillar. Mm-hmm. You have to find a long term pillar that's at a big money position, because that person is normally going to eat up some of your cap, and you have to be able to just commit to them for a long time. You, you can just cut their con. But Deshaun changed everything though, right? Like as far as Connor was saying, yeah. resetting the market. Deshaun's contract changed it all. It really did. But did it until somebody until somebody gets a full guaranteed deal like that, two hundred thirty. Yeah. It's not going to change much. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm just saying that, that Deshaun deal, as time continues to go on, it may. And obviously, we'll see. Obviously, Kyler and Russ signed deals. But we'll see with Burrow and Herbert and Lamar and these guys. But it kind of seems like, at least to me, that Deshaun deal may just remain an outlier. An anomaly. Like, it, 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 it feels like, like it. kind of a one-on-one. Because and, and, once these owners kind of all get on the same page, like, I mean, it, it just happened with Sean Payton. We'll see how that plays out. But. Um, which I, and then when you put this, no, type no, of money, that would be colluding. I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. put, what are you talking? You about? You put north of two hundred million guarantee to somebody. <laughs> most guys are gonna are gonna take that and, like you said, work you know work around, work a good deal so you could build a team around. So I think that Deshaun Watson deal. Shout out to his agent, Mugetta, like unbelievable work by him. But that may remain an anomaly for for a while. That was a mark for my deal uh, that I signed with the Colts. <laughs> like, if I just look back and think about it. But I was, like, very focused, conscientious on at my position. Uh, if you have a contract worth any value mm-hmm. that is seemingly loud, you know, like, huh, that's like f- six rookies that we could potentially have for that or, like, whatever. I thought about that whenever I was going through the whole process. And I was nowhere near as good as I would become over the next, like, couple of years or so. But, like, taking a sound deal, and obviously it's much different than quarterback, like, that's being played with every position. Like, they hung Andrew Luck's co- uh, contract over my head during negotiation. We're going to have to pay this guy. Like, that's happening at every position. The quarterback position is obviously so huge, and obviously there's guys that reset the market. 
But man, what a fascinating turn it would be if Joey Burrow, Lamar, I don't know how that's going to work out, yeah. especially at this stage. But if they were to offer him $200 million, which is not $230 million, mm-hmm. but if you were offer him $200 million, that's $30 million less than comp, which he is better than, has accomplished more, and has provided the community. Like $200 million is fucking $200 Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty nice. That's a, pretty nice, yeah. I just All of this makes me think like how pissed the league is at the Cleveland Browns right now that they, that they gave the deal to Deshaun. They're probably like, hey, man, we weren't ready to get to, like We knew we were going to eventually have to pay quarterbacks that much, but we're not there yet. We didn't. We don't want to be there yet. Exactly. Like it feels like the fully guaranteed and like the Browns' entire situation is they were what the most desperate football team in the league that needed to win. It's structured perfect for him too. Like it's structured for Deshaun too. It's not structured where the the Browns have many outs and all. Like it's really bad. But you also talk about it too, Pat. You know, like we'll see if Burrow actually does that kind of stuff with like the national like marketing deals, like him being on commercials. Like it seems like he's kind of all ball. But like if he does take something for a little bit less, he'll have all those opportunities. Like, I think it was pretty understood, like, hey, Deshaun, guess what? You ain't going to be in a fucking Subway commercial. So, what? like, what you, make on, what you make from this contract, like, that's what you're making, and that's it. Okay, so that's a great point. Yeah. I did not think about that. But even if Joey Burrow doesn't do, let's say he doesn't do commercials or on camera, Joey Burrow being Joey Burrow, I assume there's a lot of businesses that would love Joey Burrow to For get sure. involved. He can make as much money as he wants. He For can sure. make as much money off the field as he is willing to go and put in the effort. He wants he to do a Q&A. Yeah. A, wants to do a Q&A at some company fucking lunch that just wants to mm-hmm. pay. I mean, it's I heard... Joe, like, he crosses over. I don't know if you know, like, I'm saying, like, just... I was out... We went to dinner last night, and a bunch of people showed up with their kids and everything that we know, and every person is talking about the Bengals and Joey Burrow. Like, even... I had multiple of my buddies' wives come up and talk to me and how pumped they are. So, like, whatever he does, it crosses over. He's a superstar. What were you implying there? Sound like you were implying something. Yeah, that's all. I was implying that they, like I said before, a lot of them were like negative fans in the past, and now they have this new light, like lease on life, uh, where hey, Joey Burrow uh, has turned our team around. Situation. I, no, I thought he was doing like what? Like uh, I thought that's what he was inferring to the Collins situation. No, no. What, what happened with him? Well, he he acted like a lady in Pittsburgh knowing football was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Wait, on TV, they know their stuff. Oh. Holy shit! I thought AJ was doing. What like do you a mean cuck on TV? Situation. That's what I thought. I thought it was a yeah. cuck situation. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought it was a full cuck situation that oh. he was trying to. That's what he was implying. Oh, because that's no, who's that's no. who's talking. Yeah. I thought he was saying like, yeah, even you know my buddy's wives who don't know football. <laughs> no, it's fucking Ohio, AJ, bro. Yeah, you've never been to Ohio, con man. A lot of a lot of wives know a lot more than their husbands about football. Yeah, that's Ohio, bro. I want to know. Which, by the way, Collins. Kind of. Well, how about yeah. when people were like, Collinsworth just said the women don't know football, and he was like, I live in Ohio and can t- like fucking. What are we even? What are we even talking about? Yeah. Sally McAfee might be the smartest football person of all time. Watch oh, yeah. a game with her. I mean, it would be. She would. She. She's very passionate about everything, and she gets scared to death anytime I was a part of anything. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, throw it, throw it, throw. It. Obviously, the mm-hmm. whole. I think the NFL has done an incredible job, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's only going to continue to happen. And I think sports gambling helps out a lot. My wife hits all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. on these fucking, like, she views them as scratch-offs pretty much. Just like any time touchdown parlay, she'll put a buck on it. Mm-hmm. It ends up being like plus 3,700 or something. 
And then she's like, oh, um, what, what number is, and she'll say the name. I'm like, 19. Why is he on the field? Like, yeah. you know, like, she, it's awesome. I think it's a great thing. But he was talking about them having sex with Joey Burrow. Oh. Which, yeah. I wasn't. I was not talking about that. They Now, if you Joey offered. It. That's what you If were, Joey you offered, it. I would gladly accept all of these ladies. But. Hey, exactly. Exactly what we Whoa, were talking they're about. They're open about it, man. They're open about yeah, it. Why wouldn't they? about that dude. They love Good looking him. guy. He is handsome. He's got the curly hair. Yep, perfect yeah. hair. Cool He's glasses. super cool. Smile. So you got a girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. the world. It's from Iowa. <laughs> no, he's not. He was born he was in born I, saw, I know those I saw fucking graphic. Iowa oh, State. Just Fox. wait. Just wait. Yeah, Iowa State fans will start fucking claiming Joe Burrow. <laughs> just wait for it. They'll what are you talking it. about? Because he was born in Ames. His dad coached at Iowa State. He, was, he lived in Ames for maybe like He didn't move to Ohio until he was 10. And then boop. Nah. When he was eight, he came to Ohio, I think. Ten. Nine. His dad's a coach. Are you guys negotiating on what age it was, or do we are we both? No, lie? I heard eight, but it doesn't matter. Either so way, you heard, heard ten, eight. you heard eight, probably nine. Yeah. Okay. And if I, I he's was, underselling Ohio. Yep. He's overselling Ohio. Classic. That makes sense. Probably at nine, if we had to guess yeah. in the conversation part. Iowa yeah, State does that too. Massive shot to Brock Purdy, and that tells us all we need. No, to no, know no. That's Iowa why fans. it almost can't be 49ers Bengals in the Super Bowl because these fucking Iowa State <laughs> oh, fans, no. these miserable sons of bitches. Iowa State well, versus that'll Iowa be State. the biggest story of the week. Yeah, it's exactly. Ames boy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Versus Whoa. Cyclone Star. Yeah, can't happen. Wow. Can't happen. Congrats to Iowa State. Yeah. He's a juggernaut. The Cyclones. Who knew? Why do you hate them so bad, Ty? I went to Iowa. Yeah, why do you hate Michigan, AJ? I'm just wondering. No, I wonder why, what the hate is. What because it's the just same the thing. Like, Iowa State always sucks, and then the Iowa game is their Super Bowl every single year. So, like, they can go three and nine or whatever it is, and then, you know, like, they'll beat Iowa one year, and then they'll talk about it for the next 20 years. M- meanwhile, you know, Iowa beat them fucking – 15 years in a row, and we don't say anything because it's like a fucking bug hitting the windshield. But, you know, and then you get Matt Campbell, who, oh, he's going to go coach in the NFL. They win eight games when the Big 12 stinks, and, you know, it's the it's the end of the world. It's just sickening if you're from the state. All right, and on that note, I would like to let you know, go Cyclone. Yeah, that's fine. Go Cyclone. up. Good I, basketball team, though. I did get a lot of information, though, about Iowa from Ty because you can hear the passion of his a Hawkeye fandom. It's a Hawkeye state. Through it there. will be. Are you, did you guys move on yet? from the offense coordinator or what good question i mean there was the uh, a lot of people were sending uh, cameo requests to like all the different uh, like head coaches at iowa saying like you need to get your son to step down and a lot of them didn't know so it like there was like a nice little super cup put together that was very funny but no i expect brian ferentz to be back next year i will go seven and six again and Great win in the. Uh, you guys lose in Iowa Bowl State or... again? You lose in Iowa State again? Oh, no. Nah, is no. that what this is all about? I doubt it. I got the I new quarterback. It. Yeah, not with Cade McNamara at the helm. Yeah, there it is. Not a chance. Explosive offense this year. It's coming. Uh-huh. That's right. He's been in the playoff. We did lose, you know, one of the top 10 recruits in the nation, Iowa boy, who's been committed for a long time. He flipped yeah. to Alabama. That one hurts a little bit. Saban. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, Mickey. my God. He came in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that what he said? Pretty much. And that was all it took. I can't blame him, you know. What position? Uh, exactly. Tackle. Yeah. Damn. Oh, my God. Which is a shame because, I mean, I was known for their line. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. They're going to Alabama. This Holy is, shit. Well, what it. happened? You guys okay? I mean, that one hurts. It does. It does. We'll be okay. We'll he might be not okay. be any good anyways. Exactly. Yeah. He probably will be. But, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> hey, maybe you get him in the portal next year. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. Come back go. home. 
There we go. Yeah, because Ferentz will use the portal, right? He will. And NIL and everything, he'll use it NIL, all. NIL, we're still kind of warming up to that, but uh, <laughs> the, the, port, the portal for sure. There's not a collective? I mean, there is. It's just every Hayseed farmer. They don't really have an actual, you know, they, they don't love playing, paying players. I mean, this is, this is college football. College There's ball. certain ways to do this, and, and paying guys isn't, isn't the way to do it. do you think that tackle got to go to Alabama? Yeah. There was probably some sort of incentive based operation mm, I would there. assume that's modern college football yeah didn't get a John Deere though Mm-mm. well I don't know Kate Stover got one he's <laughs> over there in Ohio I don't know any Iowa guys that got a, a John Deere NIL deal I think Jack Campbell was a uh, John Deere athlete okay. but you know I mean we'll, we'll see we'll see Deere knows what they're doing they know what they're doing Kate Stover was a dog huh that guy he is he's coming back yeah Dude, he's awesome he go home in the off season, like uh, like give birth to calves. Yeah, and work like, on the farm. Yeah, like real farm. real farmer. Yeah, real farmer. Actual rancher farmer thing. I don't know which one. Ranching. I did some ranching. I he's was out far, there. Ranching. I think he's more of a farmer. But Midwest, I, I would guess farmer. Yeah, I was yeah. just ranching. More cows and raising stuff. cattle. Ranching's like horses and stuff. Well, and when the steers are running away, naturally. That's right. You need to oh get over here. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, sure. You fucking. Do they listen to you. <laughs> Hey, you go right here. Show him who's boss. Well, first of all, you got to run next to him. You got to get up to him first of all. Little sidecar. Normally on a horse. I was normally on a horse when I was doing it. They only they only showed my one where I was running. Right. Yeah. I did a bunch of horse ones. Mm-hmm. They just oh, where you flew off and you grabbed you like ran down the line and took it down. Yeah, that's what it actually is. They actually had an Sweet. ATV, so they practiced. There's some uh, like early stages are like practicing off of a, an ATV. I was going to do that. Uh, I forget what happened. I think all parties agreed probably just let's not dive off of anything yeah. that's moving. That's a probably smart idea. Mm-hmm. So that was a good move. And they were in the Montana State rodeo team, top of the top. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to be a part of their barn there for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I was lucky to be in there. I peed in their urinals. I peed in the same grinds mm-hmm. that the Montana State rodeo. Four times. No, two t- National champions multiple times. Yeah. Hell yeah. But this one right here, this this steer wanted to run away from the Montana State Rodeo team, and I said, "We need you. <laughs> we need you. And we need you." Boom. Was it? How much force did it take to twist his head to get him down? Okay, so I was I was a little bit, you know, I was not necessarily like pumped about that aspect. I said, "I got no problems with this thing." You know what I mean? I don't need to rip it by its neck. And they're like, "Nah, nah. Don't, this this cow is much tougher than you'll ever be." Okay, please do not. Even act like that, and this is uh, this is called steer wrestling, I do believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to get hands on, then you push. You do this thing, you push, and then turn. It's a full turn over to the. Yeah, I used my leg at the end. I didn't. I didn't want to. I think you got to be a little bit more violent. I think, and I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have it in me. You know, I didn't kill him. But Peter to come after but, you. But don't push me. And then I'll come after you no matter what. Yeah, yeah, they were not happy. I got I got a lot of people were not happy about it. It's like did they I, laugh at you when you thought like did they laugh at you when you said like, Hey, I don't want to break this thing's neck. <laughs> they laugh like, Okay, bud. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I said, Is there anything gonna happen to this? I don't wanna like it seems like you're really and they're like, You're tougher than this cow is here right here? And I'm like No, I'm just asking, uh, like, no, okay, please, Jesus. So that whole thing, it was fun. It was, but I, so I went a little slow, and then my leg kind of took it down late. You know, it was a little bit of a softer one. But I, that was that was a wild time. When you're eye to eye with that thing too, before it comes <laughs> busting out, there's a lot of like, why am I? Yeah. Why am I? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck, fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, how am mm-hmm. I in this moment right here? 
happy that cow cooperated alongside of me. And I don't know if it's a cow, a steer, a bull, or whatever. Right. But I am very pumped about what happened out there. We have some breaking news Ooh. in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, it is being reported that the Carolina Panthers have hired Frank Reich as their next wow. head coach. Oh, my God. Frank Reich, formerly the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, obviously was able to make it to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. Then when Carson Wentz came into town, the things kind of unraveled at the end of the year. And then, obviously, what happened this past season where he went into New England and struggled and Jim pulled the plug early in the year. I do believe Frank Reich has the capability to be an incredibly successful head coach. Do they have all the pieces around him there to be able to succeed? They don't have a quarterback. They're going to have to be in the market for that whole thing. And they have a nucleus, though. It seems like that played good football after Christian McCaffrey was traded, after Robbie Anderson was traded, after Matt Rule was fired. They still played some good football, so it seems like the culture's there. A lot of people thought Steve Wilkes was going to get that job because what he was able to do was seemingly a mail-it-in year with a lack of their best weapons, but other dogs stepped up. What are your thoughts on Frank Wright getting another gig this quick, and how do you think this is going to be received by everybody, A.J. Hawk? I mean, Frank must have been very impressive in the interview process, I would imagine. He, he, how long was he out of a job? Ten weeks or something? I don't know when he got fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't I, been that long. He's, he's the guy now. And they, I would assume it has a lot to do with the offense and the, whoever they're going to come try to have the, be their next franchise quarterback. They think Frank could be a great guy for him. Chuck Pagano, why do you think Frank Wright got the job? What do you think he told uh, David Tepper, the second richest owner in the NFL? Obviously, they hire Matt Rule. Uh, to be the head coach out of Baylor. They give him like a $70 million contract for his first head coaching role in the NFL. Turned a lot of heads. Matt Rule is going to come in. He brings in Joe Brady from LSU. He's going to run the offense. I believe Teddy Bridgewater was the first quarterback that they signed off of the Saints. He was a free agent. And then just from that point, it was just turnover at quarterback, offense coordinator, everything. Boom, 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 boom. Cam Newton was back on an $11 million deal, I think, or $10 million deal for like six weeks. Everything just went bad quarterbacks out coaches out Matt Rule fired now they feel that Frank Reich will be the guy that'll be able to turn around why do you think this was the case and what do you think Frank Reich was saying in that interview to get the gig there Chuck Pagano well obviously he went in and had a vision and a plan and he's got a winning record here yep and he just didn't forget how to not coach football you know so when things start to go bad sometimes you're it just runs out you know there's a shelf life for all these jobs and I think the message and whatever just kind of went south here. So I'm happy for Frank. He gets another opportunity. Maybe Steve, uh, we're all pulling for Steve because he did a hell of a job, Coach Wilkes. Did a hell of a job. Maybe he's part of the the equation too. Maybe Mm -hmm. he sticks around, Mm -hmm. runs the defense. Who knows? So hope they've got some good coaches down there, but I'm I'm happy for Frank. Jim's happy too. Yeah. Yeah, Don't bam. Yeah, he's yeah. got another yeah, job. Very true. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't feel have bad. To. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have to pay him offsetting, obviously, the payment, and it's the second richest owner in sports in the NFL. Let's assume that that deal is going to be good. Darius, your thoughts on Frank yeah. Reich, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers? I think AJ and Coach Chuck knocked out of the park. Like, he think he went in there, uh, did great in the interview process. Offensive guys out here came in there with a plan. Um, I don't know if we ever seen two. So, two coaches got fired during the season. Now, one goes to Carolina. That's. Um, that's interesting, but pulling for Frank as well, man. It is. It is fascinating. Oh, yeah. And Carson is- Wentz. Hmm? Think he tries to bring him? No way. Hell no. Thought they were boys. They, they were. They were. He they- admitted to Ursay, I thought I could fix him. I couldn't. Frank was on the Carolina Panthers, their first ever game. First ever quarterback, yeah. First ever quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich. From Buffalo, obviously, Bill Polian, I think, was brought in to build that original Carolina Panther team as an expansion. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting Frank Reich attended seminary in Charlotte after his 
playing career and still maintains an off-season home in the area. One of his daughters recently started working in the Panthers' marketing department. His brother just finished his 22nd season as head coach at Wingate University. Whoa, roots. Pretty connected to the area. Pretty connected to the area. Maybe they trade for Matt Ryan. There we go. Yes, he knows your system. Yep. He knows exactly what you need. Had a lot of success together. Who finished down there for him, Sam? Bradford? Yeah, Darnold. Darnold. Or Darnold, excuse yeah. me. He, he played pretty well, well actually. Well, yeah. Sam Bradford could spin it. <laughs> Darnold played pretty well. Yeah, towards the end, he played great, but now it's a whole new offensive so system. Maybe. Is Frank calling the plays? Yeah. You think? Come on. Either him well, or Parker Washington. Jesus Christ is he calling the Frazier players. is but. not calling plays. <laughs> and that old deal, Parks Frazier got no, no chance there. No. Guy's yeah. an assistant quarterback coach, 30 years old. And then, hey, congratulations. <laughs> You're calling plays now. <laughs> no offense to Parks, Parks Frazier. Like, Right, so Frank didn't go in and say, hey, this is going to be my offense coordinator. With Parks? Yeah. No. Saturday, Mike. Okay, well, we all know that. But yeah, so you don't get the job. Dan Orlovsky is allegedly Saturday's offense coordinator because Dan Orlovsky told He's the He's good world. protection schemes. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't seemingly understand all the protections, but that's what happens whenever an offensive lineman feels slighted. They're going to point out everything. <laughs> yes. He doesn't need to know him because Jeff does. Can I ask Jeff a question? Bingo. Marcus Brady, go. Absolutely. Strausser, go. With Frank? These are guys on the Colts staff. Yeah, he fired. Didn't he fire Brady before yeah. he got? Yeah, right now. Yeah, Chuck, you just don't. You just don't know where those directives come from. Correct. And how the messaging goes, like so Mike McCarthy. Find, so we'll find out if yeah. he does hire Marcus. Like you'll Mike, know. Mike McCarthy just had to fire a bunch of the coaches. Mm-hmm. And the way Joe the message, Philbin. the way the message was put together, which we love, everybody loves Joe Philbin. I think literally everybody Legends. that's ever met him, that seemingly came like as it read, it was like uh, Mike McCarthy was like, "Hey, we're, we got to re." We're not doing the same thing, Jerry Jones said. And coaches understand that? Is it just all in the delivery of the message? Is that what it is? No, we all know. Like Greg said, he knows what he signed up for when he went into the booth. I think all coaches and players know what you sign up for, and it's a possibility. Chuck, how do DCs, how do coaches feel feel like when McDaniel got hired by the Dolphins and they kept the entire defensive coaching staff? Say Frank gets hired by the Panthers. They keep the entire coach, or, defense, or not the entire, Wilkes, Steve, stays, yeah, yeah. Wilkes stays on because that was a really good defense. How, do, like, how, does, how would Wilkes feel about that after he just – Interviewed for the head coaching job there and didn't You get still got to have a job. So if there's an opportunity <clears throat> for him somewhere else, then maybe he goes and looks at that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that's there? But if it's your only deal, you've you got to sign up for it, you'll do it. You know, so, yeah. All right, well, congrats to Frank Reich on our gig. There you go, Frankie. Wow. Congrats to Jim Mercy. I don't think, I don't yeah. think anybody expected that. No. No. I guess it started to heat up, though. They already yeah. put it together, like, mm-hmm. staffs, potential staffs as of yesterday. He is now the Carolina Panthers. Might win a couple Super Bowls. Certainly nah. possible. You have no idea. They won't. You have no idea. Yep, they won't. You don't think he learned from everything that had happened here in Indianapolis? He's a backup quarterback a long time. He's a learner. That's Def- literally what he is. Definitely learn. I think the biggest takeaway from watching the playoffs now is with how young all these you know, quarterbacks are at these teams, it's going to be really hard to win a Super Bowl with who's left right now. Oh, it's the NFL, baby. Let's get to a break. <laughs> they, may, they may trade up, though, too, and, and get like the quarterback they want. Like they, If they, he Will really Levis. likes Stroud or yeah. someone like that. Like if he they, loves Will Levis. If he loves Bill Levis, yeah. you know, maybe they go up and go get him. So how does the, the putting your staff together work? I remember you saying when you got the job, your first call was the B.A., Bruce Arians. How does that work with coaches that are already on other staffs? So he's already had a list, and mm-hmm. he's got a list of – Three or four deep at every spot, offense coordinator, defense. Does he ask them before putting a list together, or that? No, you get on the phone. You talk to their agent. You talk to those coaches. Hey, look, I'm in the running for this deal. Would you like to come as this? So he's got a list because you're not always going to get A, B, C. You may go down to D. 
depending on who's available. You get these jobs this late, and there's people, you know, that are uh, not available because they're under contract. So there's a lot of things that come into play. But they go in with that in mind, knowing what that owner is going to want to hear. Yep. Hey, these are potential guys that I got coming with me. I just got lucky with BA. Gotcha. Yeah, Tomlin and the Steelers had to move on, and. Um, <laughs> Didn't have to, I guess. Could have stuck around, but they chose to. Directive from the owner, allegedly. Exactly, which we were just talking about, how you let a guy go there. Um, going through potential staffs is probably a good part of the interview process. Yeah, who you're bringing with. Yeah, that's, no, a, that's, that's a, a huge part. Yeah. No, your vision, what you have, what you, how you, the vision for the program and how we're going to build one for sustained success and who's going to help me do that. That's it, huge. Are you calling the plays, or if you're not, who's going to be calling them? This is a good time to be watching, because if you haven't seen the rest of our show, know that what you're about to see is so much better than what we've been doing. It's a miracle that it's taken two hours and 57 minutes right now to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the education crash course that has been this entire season of the secondary it is time for everything DB with Darius Butler. Oh, let's go! Excited about this. Should be the best one of Hell yeah. the year. Whoa! 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 Come on, man. We got we got a DB coach here, D coordinator, head coach here. Can't wait for this one. This was speaking of DCs. Luana Rumo was on the show yesterday. Spoke about this play. Said this was coach his Lou. favorite play. Right. Good old Mike Hilton out of the slot. So um, this would be kind of a common theme that we'll talk about today. Some simulated pressure. Basically, simulated pressure is something that the fans at home, it looks like a blitz. Quarterback, sometimes it looks like a blitz. But as far as the defense, in a blitz, for those of you who don't know, that's when you're sending more than four pass rushers at the mm. quarterback. And that oh, classifies it. If you're only sending okay. four, that's a normal pass rush. You still got seven guys in the coverage. If you're sending five or more, that's a blitz. So this is pressure, but not a blitz. You're going to get the pressure from the nickel. Is this the exotics and the amoebas? Uh, I wouldn't say exotic. exotic it, no, I wouldn't say that. Like but, Joe? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say exotic. Exotics, you know, that's more you sending four or five from the same side. You're doing different shit. But this is, uh, this is clever, though. This is good. And it's great coaching because it takes um, definitely takes some good coaching, good execution. So you see right now from Mike Hilton, like, he is, this is not, this, this offensive line, AQ is not going to be counting. He's not, <laughs> he's not topped off by safety right now. He's not looking out there saying this guy has any chance of coming. You're anticipating, obviously, these four down rushers to be coming. But Trey Henderson up top, he'll be dropping out in coverage. Mike Hilton will actually be the blitzer coming in late, holding that disguise. So Josh Allen, he's looking left. He sees Trey dropping out. So he believes, obviously, I got time to go through my, um, my reads. They end up dropping back into basically a cover two shell. So you still got seven guys in the coverage. Right tackle, you'll see it better from the back copy. He never can get his hands on Mike Hill. Oh, this was called a fumble on the field. I believe they overturned it and said it was an incomplete pass. Yep. Trey Henderson running to the ball, no gloves. Doing all the dirty work per usual. But you're going to see this. And another point here, another coaching point. Once Trey, since he is dropping out into coverage, now if you run a little bit more, DJ Reader, who's a D tackle, now he's responsible to pass rush to the outside because you want to keep an athletic quarterback like Josh Allen caged in, and especially when you know when you got a speedster blitzing off from the other side. So everybody doing their job, everybody's on the same page, 9-6. He goes inside that right tackle, he gets his hand on him, and then looks out to uh, Mike Hilton. It's too late at that point. You had the, the, it was what, 16 yards away before the snap where he came from? Yep. You see what Josh Allen's looking. Now, okay, it's too, oh, much, shit. too many. These, these windows are kind of blocked out over. You see uh, Hendrickson in his window mm-hmm. taking away the short throw. 
So as a quarterback now, especially the good ones, they can kind of pick up on it. Sometimes you with like Brady or, um, you know, the older guys who've seen it a lot. In the red area, we used to drop eight a lot against these guys, try to take away those windows. And they understand, okay, if you're dropping eight, I got time to go through these reads and give my receivers time to find windows. But because of Mike Hilton's speed, and it's a field thing, man. You've heard him talk about Mike Hill. He just called him a football player. It's a field thing, kind of in and out. Sometimes he's showing, sometimes he's going, sometimes he's not. Great execution from the full squad. But you see, look, it's a common thing you're going to see with good defenses. Look at this conversation going on here. It's talking there. It's another conversation going up up here. These D, D linemen are talking. Everybody's talking. Quiet defense is a dead defense. I saw uh, Bills fans saying the Bengals wearing white is why they were so successful. Is that hey, real? Is that fact? Hey, all is that. Because the snow? That's all of that. All, yeah, That's all the Bills. Love colors. It's hard right now to, wa- to even watch well, this the, stadium. The, exactly. the, light, the lighting at the stadium sucks anyways. But the, uh, <laughs> that's also the Bills' choice to wear whatever color they want. Correct? Or the home team they could pick? Yeah, I coach, wonder when they have to coach. make I never made those calls, Coach. I don't, I don't know. know. Who makes that call? No, absolutely. All that comes into play. Really? <laughs> when do you have to make that decision? far as jersey well like the dolphins the only ones that yeah, wear so the they dolphins wear white in, at home in september like when it's going to be really hot, hot they mm. choose to wear the light jerseys and make you go down there in that heat and that humidity and wear your dark jerseys right okay yeah so you, you should have worn one, the white helmets chuck why'd you make oh. pat wear all white yeah yeah every day it looks sweet no i didn't <laughs> that's why i got that's why i got in shape though 4k changed it all for me mm-hmm. but, but you know people coach, start you, seeing my belly button you know chuck though i mean White white Dago shoes. I mean, that's just it's in, Whoa. it's on. It's in Whoa. Whoa. Can't say Whoa. that. He can't say that. I can't. Is he allowed to say what he, he just said right there? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, it's one of those things where he can say it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm offended. What do you mean? Like what are you talking about? I'm offended it's just by words like that. You know. I'm putting my foot down. I'm offended. <laughs> yeah, but I, everybody's offended I, about something. I am right now. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, Shut up, great. Now I'm now I'm the victim. Yeah, that's right. Well, 23 and Me told me that I could I could have joined that conversation. I think right. They told Hell me yeah. that, and they told me that I couldn't. So. Really? Oh, okay. All right. So Chuck, you're Irish? Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not discredit hey, that. On. That's all I got. I put a pinky ring on immediately. I, I mean, have let's... a question for you, D-Bud. Yep. So Hilton being over number two, Yep. like if quarterback in the offensive line is looking at anybody, they got to be looking at 55, right? Because he's backed up by the safety. You mm-hmm. mentioned the guy being backed up yep. in that conversation. So they got to assume that. Diggs is going to be covered by the free safety, and that guy has no chance of coming. No chance. So the yeah. execution was amazing. And then the left end that's coming, he could go crashing hard inside right away yeah. and not buy the eyes and the attention of that tackle and to give that guy time to get out there. So that was another great job. Yeah, and he goes up and then out. Attention and this is detail, one of those man. simulated where they end up in, in Tampa, right? Yep. Tampa too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great job. Because he's guys. looking right at him because yeah. he's going up the field. Oh, he's actually coming. Yeah. And even not pulled. 55 not coming. Even, yeah. So he stayed on him even longer. Does, yeah. does Diggs come open on this? He up can. His, so if, if, if Josh Allen just drops <laughs> back and throws this ball to the – because this backside corner, who we talked about this too during the season, that backside corner is playing the deep half. We know – I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't like putting corners in halves because right now he's going to stop his feet for a route that's actually been covered great by Trey Henderson, but he's going to stop his feet. And uh, Stephon Diggs, we talk about speed at three all the time. If Josh just lets this ball go, now this is, the, this, is, this is better than any coverage that you can run a guy in your face. <laughs> but if he has time, which he should, you know, ideally, that's a, that's a touchdown. To Look at this guy. Goes. He gets yeah. on his he, fucking yeah. horse. What do we call that? Man. Kind of push or shove. Shove, yeah. right? Shove, yeah. Yep. 
And like ballsy your, move your by that middle backer. Used to that. Yeah. What's that, AJ? It's a ballsy move by that backer. He starts off with great depth, and then he kind of almost squares up and looks back at the quarterback. I'm like, man, yeah. I do not feel safe with Stephon Diggs <laughs> running up the seam. Yeah. We saw this and with Fred Warner. The deepest. Yeah. We saw yep. with Fred Warner running down the middle of the pipe with um, CD Lamb. So, um, yeah, just great execution, pre-snap, post-snap. And deep, deep defensive coaches will tell you, if you're blitzing, get your ass in there. Like, that's way too mm-hmm. far. You know, they'll be like, you're way too far because you'll never get home. But Mike Hilton has a great feel. Probably, the, I would say, the best feel mm-hmm. coming off that edge. What is the normal point. distance? I mean, we've done I mean, this a couple you, times. It's 16 yards, I think. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, that's way too far. Ideally, yeah. you'll want to be either here or, like you know. Walking into it, right? Yeah, like yes. walking into it as it's Exactly. Yeah. He, does, he, he does get a little momentum right before the snap. Yeah. Once again, just him being a great football. You'll see him watch him. He times it up perfectly. And nice. he's got a full, you know, full. And he but if like Hendrickson, uh, Debo, it's yep. cool how they get to Tampa too from that. And Hendrickson, they, they, they have different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The end now becomes the hook curl guy. If Hendrickson is dumb and has no idea and he just sits over the ball in the middle, that guy's open and Josh Allen can just dump it to yep. him right away probably. Exactly. Yep. And it's going to yep. be a catch and run situation. They're all on the same page. Discipline, yeah. huh? This defense, discipline. discipline. Could Cole Beasley right off the snap see him blitz and just turn around and yell at Josh Allen or is that? Oh, uh, no, because this it's not a hot read. Yeah. Remember, this is only, it's only four rushers. So nobody's hot. You okay. know what I mean? So he, you run your, your regular route concepts. If this was, Four guys coming off the same side, then he'll be in the hot uh, progression. You think Cole's surprised that his guy, that the guy was standing over top of him, made it all the way back whenever he turns his head right now? You think Cole's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. that, that, was, that, that was the guy who was in front Probably, of me. I mean, these guys, they, you know, what the fuck? Everybody's been watching. You know, 21 at this point. Even in Pittsburgh, he was doing this coming off the edge. So this ain't nothing new. You got to be aware. Kind of like. C. Wood when he was in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You better yeah. know where the fuck 21 is. I don't care where he lined up. He could be in two-man. He could be blitz. He could be doing whatever. Um, it's another uh, great job. Another more simulated pressure. So you got Josh Sweat up top. You got Hassan Reddick down bottom. Probably two of their best pass rushers definitely off the edge. They're actually going to blitz CJGJ right up the middle. And once again, only going to be. Yeah, tease Just real quick. Tease and peas. Yeah. Moment of silence for CJGJ's Kia. Oh, Honda or Kia? Kia. Kia. On game well, day. it's a vastly superior yeah. machine. Day it's after. easy to steal now. Yeah. Oh, was it? Really? I think it was day after because yeah. in the video he goes, after a win? <laughs> after yeah. a win, dog. You get an interception, though, right? That's tough. That's tough. But got to play well. I guess it's easier it's to steal game. those Kias now. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that you can get. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy that somebody just cracked the code and was like, hey, here it is, by the way. And then every Kia owner's like, let's go try this out. That can't be real. Got to put the club. Put the club on your wheel now. Oh, I That'd remember awesome. those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those came and changed the game. Anyway, CJ GJ, former owner of a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> if we run it back to the beginning. So pre-snap, we, we kind of put uh, – we talked about a, a route with Saquon in the Minnesota game where Saquon, when you had the two guys, you had one, two, they, rode, they ran inside routes, and Saquon kind of leaked out and went there late. So Daniel Jones, I think he's anticipating one of these guys being responsible for Saquon and then just swinging it out there. But he kind of fucked him with sweat just coming out of the pass rush and getting, um, getting with and going with Saquon. And being that you have a two-high shell, uh, Bradbury knows I can play this aggressive. I can play this little spot slash because he wants to – he's running a spot route, but he really wants to pick him going out to the flat. So you'll see Daniel Jones peek to his left really quick. He wants Saquon, but then he comes back and ends up throwing it to the picker. And James Bradbury, unbelievable anticipation, great break. He just gets right to the spot. Bum! 
So he never, uh, I don't think he ever anticipated Bradbury ever beating him to that spot. So you'll see it from the tight copy, if we got this from the tight copy. And then this pressure in his face, obviously, doesn't make it um, any easier. And once again, you're getting pressure, we're only sending four. You're only sending four, so it feels like a blitz, looks like a blitz, but you only got four pass rushers, one of them being a DB, and then you still got seven guys in coverage. I think so. D-Butt, look at CJ, old CJ, GJ, time up his blitz. If you go back, you see he knows Saquon takes off in that motion, and you see CJ's like, all right, here we go. Yep, yep. I know they have to snap the ball here in the next second or two. Yep. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So this back-to-back nice DBs timing up their blitz. So veteran players, CJ, oh, GJ, another geez. guy who he made his what hand in New Orleans playing in the slot. So when you play in the slot, it's a lot it's a lot of feel. Like AQ, you know, those, those centers, those guards, like they're peeking out to those nickels to see, okay, where, is pressure coming? Can it come? Can it not come? Where do we slide? Where do we don't? So Nichols and offensive linemen play a lot of little head games, and obviously he's you know been around the block for a while. I think uh, Danny should have thrown it to Saquon. With Swift? I, I mean, I think I mean, he had the edge. Saquon, yeah. the, design, the design of this by John Gannon, the defensive coordinator there. Gannon. Gannon? Gannon? Yep. Yeah. Gannon. 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 <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Hey, so... Because they get in that bear look, and it puts them in a five-down call, which means all all the offensive linemen, the five offensive linemen are responsible for those five guys that are up. So nobody can come off, and they keep the guy in in, in the rush to the over the right guard, so he can't come he can't come off, which is is great design, you know. And that's why CJ comes. Hey, are they good? They're um, everybody's talking about the Niners defense. The Eagles' defense unbelievable as well. Dogs. I mean, their, their front, unbelievable. And then their coverage guys, when, the, when the, the guys up front aren't just kicking your ass, the guys on the back end are covering Slay, Bradbury, CJ, GJ. Maddox may be coming back, I believe. So, Talk. great group. Like you, were holding, you were holding it up. Number two. One versus two in this yeah. matchup. They have 70 sacks on the season. So Number one offense. Four dudes. Four 70 dudes. sacks? Four yeah. dudes with double-digit yeah, like sacks. Nine away, line. right, to set the record single Holy season? Holy yeah. fuck. Next play. Great, great defense. 70 <laughs> sacks? 70, yeah. Four guys four on guys. double digits. Yeah. Imagine how much fun that would be to watch. Oh, my God. Imagine God. how much fun it would be to cover behind. Fuck so, yeah, it's it. a game changer, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, here we go. Here we go. Pause. AJ always talks about it. Speed at three. Putting a dynamic receiver at three always impacts the defense. I don't care what coverage you're in. you got to make adjustments. And they just keep an eye on Fred Warner. Once again, his communication to the left side of the defense, then the right side of the defense because he knows, hey, we got, we got C.D. Lamb at three. Hey, all right, let's talk about it over here. Bum, bum, bum. Let's get to our check over here. So maybe it's an empty check. Let's make sure everybody's on the same page. You'll see Jimmy Ward relay it. And then Jimmy Ward, as soon as this is great uh, hook curl play, as soon as that guy goes to the flat, and you know you got a flat defender out there, continue to sink straight back and put your eyes on the quarterback. Now, from the quarterback standpoint, you got to feel this defender out here because he's only looking at C.D. Lamb pressing in and away from Fred Warner, and he believes, okay, this is my one-on-one. But running back a little bit, Jimmy Ward, like he's all over it. And when you're getting empty, especially this time of year, you know the concepts, right? Like everybody, you are who you are at this point. So I know the concept. So I know when he's coming out, when he breaks out, I'm either expecting him to run that stick route right now or pivot away from his leverage. And I know Fred Warner is going to be where he's supposed to be, which is inside leverage. So this is great team defense once again. And he's in that window for uh, T.Y. Hilton if he runs a dig. Eyes on the ball, obviously oh. tips and overthrows, running to the ball. 
He's great defense, man. That ended up being uh, the concept offensively ended up being a dice dice mm -hmm. route, right? Yep. A short, quick dice route. Yep. Have you talked about dice? What? We why we call it dice? You're Fred Warner there. It seems like a roll of the dice. The, the no, five, it's like well, the five, five like spots. the five dice. So it's like a. If you stop it right when mm -hmm. they're all at their spots, the route yep. Dallas's. Fred Warner starts screaming when Zeke leaves. Yeah. So it's their, it's got to be their empty check. Empty check, yeah. yeah. So cover two, empty check, which was a Key back, key back. You call that what Jimmy Ward's doing? We used to call that key back. If so, your two yeah. goes out and you're in trips, key back, you get picks all day. On yep. the Charles the Woodson, five, I watched them get picks. The oh, yeah, on those stick routes. Looks like the, uh, yep. be the best. The five on a dice. Yeah. Ah, the spots. Ah, yeah. ah, now, so so T.Y. ends up running. Uh, um, San Fran actually runs a lot of dice route. But T.Y. ends up running the dig and go. Uh, Gallup ran the dig, so yeah. Do yeah. teams normally run the wheel route with the center like the Cowboys did here, or <laughs> very, very athletic, athletic center right here? Them up. Yeah, that I mean, was a setup for the last just play. Know the center can run a wheel route. <laughs> that was the last play. But no yeah, one's open. Too. Communication once again. Quiet defense is dead defense. Everybody on the same page. Empty check. Cover two. Hands, hands. They look like they actually call it. We used to call it hands, hands, hands. Yeah. CD pivoting away. Boop boop. Nice route. Great poach. Was it, though? That's what he's called. It poach. was. Look at him. I mean, if he's one-on-one <laughs> on one here, yeah. think about if he's one-on-one. If Fred doesn't have any help here, that's a tough deal. Mm -hmm. Great great oh, nickel oh, play from yeah. Jimmy Ward. He's pissed. I'm sure he didn't catch his pick. But running to the ball, good things happen when you run to the ball. Good shit, Fred. <laughs> hey, Warner. that's good work. Great tackle. Yeah. Only chink in the San Fran defense right now is the deep, the deep balls. And that's where Jalen Hurts has been Efficient. best in the league from wire to wire, hitting like 20, 25-plus balls, and that's where San Fran has struggled some. Uh, Travis Kelsey, how Whoa. is he held, How is he getting in his zone every week, it seems? Why don't they cover the guy? Why now? don't they cover the guy? <laughs> this is how – these are two examples. It'd be this play and the next play of how Travis Kelsey gets lost in the sauce. Now, right here, another thing to point out, he was highlighted for a reason. That's Rayshon Jenkins is actually a safety, but um, this is heavy personnel down here. And the reason they're a heavy personnel, that's – one, two, three safeties in one corner on the field as opposed to base, which would be two corners with two safeties. So they're heavy now because the offense comes out in 13 personnel. Now, is it really 13 personnel? No, 13 personnel would be one running back, three tight ends. But Travis Kelsey is a wide receiver, right? When we go into game plans, we go into the game records, Travis Kelsey is a wide receiver, especially without Tyreek Hill there, but he's a wide receiver. He lines up at number one in the bunch, and when the ball snaps, Mahomes is going to move the pocket. He's going to boot out. You're going to get that uh, who Pat just had number three on. He's going to go to the flat. I'm sorry, the running back is going to go to the flat. Tight end is going to run. This is that spider two wide banana pretty much oh, yeah. that uh, John Gruden yeah, made famous. Whoa. Spider two and wide banana. From the number one position, he blocks, actually, and then just kind of gets lost in the sauce. Fine space. Patrick Mahomes, you get a flat right. What do you call that? The, um, the leak? The late. Late, the late guy. So he becomes the late guy that just kind of gets lost and just finds the void in the defense, and then he ends up in the end zone. So that little fake block thing, that they use that a bunch, yeah. it felt like, for oh, yeah. Travis Kelsey. I guess all tight ends mm -hmm. use this, but yep. for Travis Kelsey, it's even mm -hmm. more loose because you get him on a bigger guy, right? Because yeah. all the small guys say, oh, he must not be doing shit. Let me get out of here. You just get him ready to find space. So Patrick Mahomes is probably looking, okay, pause it. His first look, and this is another guy who scores a bunch of touchdowns, mm -hmm. McKinnon. So if you run, run it back a little bit, like when he's near this hash, he's probably looking, okay, is anybody out, is any, does anybody have leverage on his back first? That's probably his first read. And then he'll look and see, okay, is the deep seven covered? They do a great job covering those guys. He's covered. 
Great job on the end, Josh Allen, pass rusher. Now he's in coverage. Great job. But now every, everything's flowing this way, so defensively everything's going to flow that way as well. And Travis Kelsey kind of just stops in the void and kind of go against the grain, catching, and obviously knows exactly where to get with the ball. So that's a tough play to cover unless you just, you're in man coverage and you say, all right, regardless of what this guy do, does, I'm staying on him. So do you put, like, the number one corner on Kelsey, or do you put, like, the number two and double some, him? Or? Some people, depending on the body type. So if I got Jalen Ramsey, if I got Stephon Gilmore, if I got, you know, these big long corners, and that's sauce my number one guy. Yeah, sauce, sauce. A guy like that would be a perfect matchup. But if it's, you know, Denzel Ward or, you know, Patrick Sertain would be a great matchup for him. But if it's some of these other guys. So it depends on the body type, really. Cincinnati, then, would you say double? Anybody, I say fucking double. True, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Bracket. This, so this is this yeah, is an bracket. Ex- so this is a double right here. This is actually a bracket. It's on a one yard line. It's that ninety. Not, e- not as easy as you think, D. But yeah, they think the double people too. We have, no, we, just we're double. We're them, about, we're double about to, his ass. Right away. You so, got four eyes. He's hey, got two. So, Figure it out. So right yeah. now we're in the huddle. Experience. Be- Belichick's able to do it. AJ gets the call. Hey, one double eighty-seven. So that's the call right here in this huddle, right? So number one. Especially playing Andy Reid, you heard Lou talk about it. Okay, now they're coming out of the huddle. You got to find these motherfuckers. Number one, it's 12 personnel. One running back, two tight ends. So let's find everybody. This uh, linebacker, obviously, he's, these guys are trying to line. So these are the guys doubling Kelsey, and they're trying to get him lined up right now. Which guys are? These 37 and I believe that's 48. They're doubling Travis Kelsey Jeez. right now, who's kind of in a – when you see a tight end at that position, you're thinking block first. But Travis Kelsey, you're – you fucking double team. It's one double eighty-seven. So you got McKinnon out wide, trying to get lined up on him late. Motion. It's more eye candy, right? Let me take some eye candy. Boom. So you're gonna fake this, and I'm sure they they toss this to him plenty. And now he's going to the flat, getting a pick. It's on a one-yard line, so this is a legal pick. And you got both guys that are doubling Kelsey, about to get picked by this one wide receiver. Somebody has him, and it's like you watch this on TV, you watch it at home, and it's like, what the fuck? How's this dude always walking in the end zone by himself? And we'll get a better view of this from the back copy. Um, This is leverage. I think the only way you can kind of avoid that because you can't just run through a pick, especially if I got two guys. Hey, for it, you stay inside. Pause it. Uh, Go back a little bit more because it got to happen earlier. Look at the chaos too. Look at the chaos pre-snap. It's a lot of shit going on. And now 37, you got to get, like, I mean, outside, outside. Like, nope. Like, you got to You're beat by alignment there. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're already beat. We got a double team, and we're standing right the fuck next to each other. Like, yeah. you got to get outside and off the ball so that you can't get picked by MVS. Or you say, hey, whoever's guarding MVS, if your guy picks, you come off Chuck, because you right? have leverage on him. What's going on, Chuck? God, that, what happened? Chuck, that drive you, that drive you yeah, damn yeah, nuts, yeah. right? When we got the guy double, because everybody's saying, "Why don't you just double the damn guy?" Yeah. Well, we got double eighty-seven <laughs> on, and this flipping whoever lost his freaking, and we got two guys inside. To your point, yeah. As far as leverage goes, come on, man. Well, Forty-eight knows too. Like, hey, we can't let Chad Henney get loose. Yeah. <laughs> If he breaks the pocket, he's gone. Hey, look, they're right behind each other. Never get right, right, right. Yeah, it, no. it's bad. And that that little motion from that running back, like you got it. Like it's everything happens fast. If it's just one little thing, I mean, even the chaos of trying to get lined up, like this, like forty eight. I got a double Kelsey, and I'm trying to get my my compadre lined up and get because right now running back's wide over up. here. He's wide. Up. If Henny wanted to snap this ball and just throw it to him, so they're in trouble right 48's there. Forty eight's a rookie too, right? Muma yeah. out of Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. So that, Shout I mean, out that's, Wyoming. That's pissed. Go call, Cowboys. Call one double eighty-seven in the huddle. All right, we're gonna take away eighty-seven. Somebody else got to beat us, and he ends up walking into walking into the end zone. Oh yeah, he is just fucking wide ass. Yeah. So it's, that's what I'm saying. If he just picks like 
Brady. Hey. I don't care what the fuck is called in the huddle. They're not. They missed the line. Sounds Boom. Like it's coming out right now. Wait, wait, wait. Legal pick route. So this, this one pick route ends up taking three guys. And Travis Kelsey walks in his own. And Henny just fucking puts a beautiful ball right on him. Are, they, yeah. are we sure they don't want to go with Henny? What was the cadence? Capping out. 98-yard ni- um, drive right there. Switch it up. What's the cadence sound like over there? I think it was something like... Uh, <laughs> Why, 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 sir? Why, sir? He's yelling. Touch what did Jim say back when he did that? Nothing. Yeah. Jim no-sold it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and then because Ro- Romo said something like, hey, he's still got a five-yard penalty. You know, he's still jumping. Jim was like, all right. What? <laughs> did you read his body, was his body no, language? No, they, like, they weren't on screen when uh, uh, that probably made it they went to break. He was like, all right, we'll be right back. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah, it was unbelievable. There was just so many things happening where I was like, uh, "Internet, internet." Yeah, the when they came yeah. back, oh, him, him having the oh, I'm sorry, Jim, I'm not ready. Got something in my mouth. <laughs> Fucking keep living, Tony. Love, Love you, Tony. Tony. Love you, Tony. He's the best. Seventeen. Yeah. What's the next one? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We can run it back a little bit, Pat. So I've, yes, uh, so the Giants, Giants, obviously doing a great job once again getting the motion, going out to empty. They get to do a good job aligning. And you're trying to show, show Jalen Hurts something, right? This is third and five on their first drive, I believe. And now they get into the red area, showing the two high shell, and you're actually going to rotate down into one robber. So he's going to go into the post. He's going to come down and rob the middle of the field. And when you got one robber, everyone else that's in coverage, you got to be outside leverage because you want to funnel them to your help, right? Down safety that's on Dallas Goddard. He's going to get picked from Zach Pascal up top, third and five, so they run, they execute this pick route to perfection. How, how often are these happening? All the time? Pick, pick routes happen all the time. Rub routes, pick routes. Sometimes they try to make, they try to you know do some good acting. Pascal actually does a great job here because this is deeper than we saw the one yard one from MVS. That's legal. It's a legal pick. This is four or five yard down the field. He actually hops out of McKinney's, McKinney's way. At the very last, you know, almost like a, what do you call it? Olay, Matador. Yeah, a little Matador, exactly. So he does that, and you're expecting that contact. So he still falls, and then um, Jalen Hurts puts a dart on one-hand catch, goes in for the touchdown. Third and five, this was to cap off their first. I think Jalen Hurts was like six for six. Yep. Or, you know, darts. Hit the first big play down the field, mm-hmm. which was their second play of the game, Devontae Smith. So each defense started off great. Two high shell, rotate down. And the one Robbie, you see the outside leverage there. So if he was to throw that, you got help there, you got help there. You can't get beat outside in one robber. The pick route damn near makes that impossible. And once again, great execution this time from the offensive side. What you got, Chuck? When you put them on those two guys on different levels. Yeah, if you go back to the wide fast, you see what he's talking, talking about. That. So, yeah, if you are anticipating mm-hmm. a pick route, he's saying with these Defenders being on the same level, it's easier yeah, to get up. Pit. Yeah, you got to back up so that you the other get. Old buddies, if he's in the slot, you're he's on the point. You got to back up exactly, yeah. Chuck. You know your pick. What we used to say: the guy that was on the ball had the right of way, right? So yep. let him because yeah. he could get his hands on him. The guy on the line of scrimmage, yep. the guy that was off the line of scrimmage, he played off. Yeah, so he will be. Yeah. So he's on the line of scrimmage here, and so we're saying McKinney should back up a little bit because if he comes now, good receivers, good offenses, they still they take an angle. 
where they run at you and you have to avoid them. So maybe even if he goes over the top, he can become flat off this and still catch it and maybe be strong enough to get that first down. But you at least give yourself a better chance. Snag from Goddard. Yeah. was a snag. Had to throw a dart, though, to catch it that way. This was kind of the new rage this year. The, the bluff, the matador deal, mm-hmm. yeah. running yeah. right at guys on those down and distances, those situations, yeah. and then just jump and just, <laughs> <laughs> and just jump Coach, out of the way. It's like Chuck, what would you tell him? What would you tell your defender? Would you say different you know levels, gonna, right? you, you got to jump it? Well, say you get caught in that situation, you're not on different levels. Would you say, hey, you got to turn into him and hit him so it looks like he picked you so they throw a I mean, that's one thing, but you can't guarantee with officiating yeah. the way it is, the inconsistencies, that you're going to get the call. So it's like, okay, run into him and get, you know, and then they don't throw it, and then you feel bad for yeah. telling that DB to run yeah. into it, and they don't throw the flag. So, so what you got to say, you got to power through that. Can't yeah. get, you just have to, that's because. I mean, get he, on, get on. Different, he could have. Yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. Your alignment, your alignment should take care of it. You, you get on different levels and. To Darius's point, those guys are going to take just deeper routes, mm-hmm. and as soon as you, if you try to go under, he's going to stop sooner, bluff you sooner. If you try to go over the top of the outside pick, then that guy's just going to adjust his route and run through your outside shoulder and still pick you. That's good. That's good coaching. Good yep. coach for yeah. receivers. Sirianni was a receivers coach. Uh, Aaron Moorhead believes the receivers coach out Chuck, there. Chuck, think about it. Sorry, D. Bub, but if you I'll get in his tailpipe, they can't pick you. That's why you get in their tailpipe. No, yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah. And, and and this one, he doesn't get picked. Does the ole? If he keeps his feet, it's a tackle. He could potentially tackle him before he gets to that first down. Could you jam the shit out of him too? Does that help at all? Yeah, the, the guy that that's why when you have that right away to be on the line of scrimmage, yeah. it's your job to get a jam and disrupt what they want to do. Because if you get up there in your face. And they can still do routes on fucking air like they drew it up. It's no point of you being up in a press. The thing they won't call to that is like if you get up there and you jam number two, and you force them into the pick, then there's all bets off. They won't mm-hmm. call the penalty. Oh, it's like blocking Cause you, cause into you a for, Yeah, because you uh, forced them into them. Yeah. So that's another catch twenty-two that you yeah. can't do. Yeah, good execution. Seems right to be unstoppable. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's fucking Eagles tough. are very good. Very very tough. I, I was always a big fan of passing shit off. Right? If you if there was any so those splits pre-snap would tell me, hey, third and five. I'm sure that's not the first time they ran that play in that situation. Once again, we're in week twenty-one now, so these shits pop up. So third and five, I see this alignment where we can potentially get this. Let's line up on the same level, so we both going to be four or five yards off. If they come off, we just pass it off. You know oh. I mean? So, that, you, but you gotta you gotta press that. You gotta walk through that. We gotta talk about it in meeting rooms. You can't just get out there in the field and do that. Um, uh, if you run this back to the beginning, it's Jamar Chase in the backfield. Starts off in the backfield before. So Joe Burrow has two plays here um, in the huddle, like most quarterbacks do. Once he sees the nickel align over Jamar Chase, he probably anticipates man coverage here, so he goes to the second play. Check, check, check. Keep an eye on that play too. Uh, Kansas City got scored on last week. From, Christian Kirk been in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Hey, that, that seems like a smarter way to uh, make them identify than just having a running back all the way outside run all yeah. the way in. Hey, do a 30-yard sprint before the ball is snapped so we can find out whether or not it's man. Mm. Why don't more people do this type of thing? That seems like an uh, easy. I don't know. Got to break the huddle on time. Yeah. Got to make sure you got enough time in the play clock. Yeah, that, yeah. Got, it. Great got point. it. Great point. So you get out. They obviously got out of the huddle. Then they get to their shift. They're alert, alert. Teron Johnson actually runs with him. So, once again, telling the quarterback, hey, this looks like man. Teron Johnson actually pressures. So, it becomes a five-man pressure with three under, three deep on the back end. So, he's going to rotate down and cover down on Jamar Chase. He's going to rotate and be that deep safety. And the, the pressure is going to kind of get home, right? And if you pause it right, like about a couple frames, boom. So, right here now, Burrow's getting pressure. He's stepping up. and He's also looking to this flat. 
And as a seam flat player, right, we only got three guys underneath in coverage. One, two, three, and three deep. So you got to have stickier, you know, it's match carry deliver concepts. It's not zone dropping where, hey, I got a flat guy in my flat and I'm going there. It's match carry deliver. So unless I deliver, especially Jamar fucking Chase, I would rather you throw the Hayden Hurst in the flat than me drop Chase and they end up dropping Chase. Jeez. But I think he became, I think they both reacted to Joe Burrow breaking the pocket, looking at Hayden Hurst, and then he just, it turns the kind of backyard ball down there. Soak it up, Buffalo. Soak it up. <laughs> What's your problem? I just want him to, you know, remember this. Make, you know, make him remember how the pain feels. So when they win it all. Can't have his, the sun doesn't right feel as good without the rain. Boom. That's right. There it is. Exactly right. There we go. Five Especially pressure. when there's nobody around this guy. Boom. So now he looks at that flat and you see the pressure getting home too. As a DB, you feel it too. You're kind of like, okay, it's probably his outlet. He's probably going to dump this down. But you can't let Jamar do that. <laughs> Wide open. At least Poirier will be back. Oh, wait, they fired the safeties coach, and they need to pay him. No communication <laughs> between the two, right, nope. as far as an end. Remember we told you – didn't we used to tell you, hey, there's gray area by Jamar, and he's going there's whatever, and he's going behind. Let's st- – let, to stay. your point, stay on him, yeah. right, and let him run through to the flat with the, other, with the GOAT. Absolutely. So they go, check, check, alert, alert, get to that second play. He motions out. I think great communication pre-snap because you told a great lie pre-snap. It looks like man coverage. Yeah. Everything looked like man coverage until the snap. And then when you rotate down. I mean, his eyes were never honestly on Jamar. Once again, communication, pre-snap, meetings. We, hey, Car if you come to the flat right now, we swapping this out. We passing this off. Not a communication I would make, but potentially the way he <laughs> plays it, that's how he looks like he's anticipating that. And then you got to understand safeties, I think this is their maybe fourth safety that they were down to mm-hmm. um, with Buffalo. So if that's Micah Hyde, this probably doesn't happen. If that's, you know, obviously you know what happened to Mar Hamlin, but if that's Hamlin, probably doesn't happen. Started 13, 14 games this year. So this is a part of what happens as well when you deal with injuries and guys playing with, you know, if I'm playing with Vontae, that pick rock, I don't need to look at Tay. It's one quick, we know what's happening. If I'm playing with somebody else, hey, maybe some mix. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Great point, D-Butt, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember, we talked Tuesday. Tuesday we went through this. We're doing that. It's real. Yeah. You do that on the field, for real. You do, Wednesday walk through, here it is. That's what you do. Like Wednesday, that. Wednesday. Snap. We did it two times. Remember, we did a redo. Yeah. We've got the, we got the, yeah, yeah. And then when and then after the play, if it's like just like an incomplete pass, you'll see those two guys just juiced, like punching each other. Yeah, yeah we got it. Like, that's <laughs> then, when he feels good. And then if one person doesn't get the message and somebody gets cooked, immediately afterwards you see the yeah the point. fucking talks about mine. And body up. language. It's exactly what we did. Look at the film. Wednesday walkthrough. This is it. Palms up. This is actually yeah. body, body language fine. Ah <laughs> uh, shit. Hey, thank you. Thank you, fellas. That was incredible. I think what we need to do is a team. Contest giveaway because I felt like the most team everything DB. Chuck loved having you in here, Mm -hmm. making Darius even smarter. That was really good. Hell yeah, Chuck. So this is what we're going to do. AJ. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I shot by Sam, by the way. Hell yeah, Sam this morning. Through a strike. Sam and I have been getting after in the Hawk House every single morning, pretty much. Afterwards, she always says, like, I want to see what the shot feels like. So Mm. the first couple attempts, she wasn't able to get the ball there. She found her spot. And then now she's fucking overthrowing it normally. So when that one came out, I was like, here we go. Sam, big time splash football and hoop this morning. Already had 10 $500 Ooh, winners of yeah. the day. Nice. Now we need to add on 15 more. Okay. Oh, baby. Ooh. Okay, a pregnant lady hits a ball, hits a shot right over here. 
That's means for celebration. That's an early bird celebration. There she is. Said hi. Watch hey. me make this Ooh, shit, she said. Bang. Oh, bank. Chuck special. Bang. She was excited. She was pumped. She, you know, she fell into the same pattern that some other people did. <laughs> you and Bruce. and right. others. They'll miss some, and then they're just trying to get shots off. Yep. And it's yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Try to fucking make. Hold mm-hmm. on. Today, she was fucking poised. Grab that ball. Splash City. Congrats to Sam this morning. You're right, Sam. So 10 winners already. We need 15 more. Here we go. Here's what we're going to do. Mm. It's going to be a Chuck and Darius Butler tag team mm. situation. Let's go. Chuck is going to have to throw a ball into a hole out there. Mm-hmm. After Chuck accomplishes that, D-Butt is going to have to do the same thing. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 opportunities here. Okay. Okay? So between the two of you, we need two balls to go into a hole out there. Could be a time frame here? No, no, no. 11 ops. Okay. 11 mm-hmm. ops. If you guys want to alternate, like if you want to go a bunch in a row, if you would like to pass off, go back. Right, ooh, ooh, yeah, we'll alternate. Ba- we'll alternate. alternate. Right, That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible, terrible Ladies idea. Ladies and gentlemen, all Chuck and Darius have to do is put two balls into either one hole, no. two holes, whatever the case is, and 15 people will win $500 who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the cash tag in there so we can pay you officially on Cash App. Chuck Pagano will go first wearing Wee Man's hoodie. Chuck to the garbage can. Oh. oh. oh for one. Bonus ball must. Oh, alternating. Oh. Bang. Oh! That's oh! one. We need another one, right? Hey. All right, no pressure, Chuck. Hey, you've been working on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, just see it, throw it, believe it. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. yeah. Look and throw. Come on, Chuck. Look and throw. Here you go, Chuck. Now Where's you Bruce? have. Get Bruce out here. Nine opportunities. <laughs> oh, money. Hey! Oh! We'll make it 20, 20 people, $500, who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You're a guardian for the fans. Yeah, right. For right. Right. You're a guardian for Safety the fans, first. for the people. <laughs> Coach Pagano. Wow. That was awesome. That was electrifying. That's the type of mindset and vibes that we need going into this championship weekend. Right. We'll be back tomorrow with a feel-good Friday. Big thank you to all. Other people that talk today, not only Chuck and Darius and Greg Olson, right. but the boys and AJ and everybody in the back. Right. Let's enjoy the hell out of the night. We'll see you tomorrow. Making our official picks, looking into the weekend. That is the championship weekend. A little bit more than we have. Tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's Feel Good Friday. Thank you, boys. 20 Thank people, you. $500. Big go. time shots. 10 people this morning, $500. Right. 30 people, $500 right. on this Thursday. What's Feel Good Friday going to bring? Who knows? Say something nice to somebody. Goodbye.